All right, folks, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree. And here we have a special guest. We have an entrepreneur here, uh, a teacher currently. We never know you know, what the future holds, Miss Alia Trim. How are you, madam? Hello, Alia Trim Lewis. Lewis. So Lewis, is Trim your maiden name it or is. Lewis your maiden name? Uh, Trim is my maiden name. Lewis is the name I added. You added. Did you hyphen it or what? I don't like the look of a hyphen, so no, but I basically did hyphen it, yes. I've never seen on your, you put trim. So when do you put trim Lewis? So on all my, perf- like my emails that I send to parents now, it trim says Lewis. trim Lewis. You um, just started that? When I got married, yeah. After they gave me the signature. Before that, I was just Miss Alia. So. Lewis. Yep. Let's let's go back. Before we get to the <laughs> marriage and we get to who you are now, our goal is to find out how we got to this person. Okay. So let's go back to where it all started. Where are you born, madam? Where are you from? The Where Bronx. did you exit the womb? The Bronx, 231st. Our Lady of Mercy. Our Lady Mercy? Our Lady of Mercy Hospital. That's what they, oh, that's what they it's call it. It's no longer that. I think it's like Montefiore or something. Why do New Yorkers care about the hospital they're born in? I don't know. Because every New Yorker know. talks about the hospital they're born in. I have no idea. Probably because all the hospitals get replaced and change so easy. So it's like a piece of history, I guess. Yeah, everyone's like, I was born in this hospital, this hospital. Yeah. It's like a claim to history and a claim yeah. to being here at a time that is no longer existing. But everywhere else where I go, people don't, I don't know where I was born. But you know, you, I, mean, say <laughs> I don't know where the hospital was born. I don't know the name of the hospital. I know the city. I don't know. I guess establishing yourself in a time and place is it's a New important York thing. It's a New York thing. I'm from, somebody said I was born, St. Nicholas Hospital. I was like, all right, cool, I guess. But I, was like, I guess it was a big deal, the hospitals. So you're <laughs> born in the hospital, you in, you enter out of the womb. What type of family did we come from? Two-parent household, one-parent household? Initially a two-parent household. Um, I was raised primarily in a one-parent household. So when? what is your earliest remembrance of a two-parent household? My dad would pick me up from school I don't know if it was like preschool or nursery and bring me home and my mom would be home in the kitchen doing something and these are all Caribbean people right you hail your people hail from the island of so my mother's family is from Trinidad my father's family was right here in Brooklyn um but apparently like not African-American I don't I have no actual idea of what he is. He's like an amalgamation of things. You don't know anything about your father? I know things. History-wise, no. No history? No history. So your early remembrance of him was just taking you to school, that's it? Mm-hmm. You guys have pictures together? Yeah, we have lots of pictures together. Kindergarten. Uh, we used to do family photos. I have pictures of like when I was born. Um, videos, my second birthday. Does he have an accent? Nah. Well, I, I don't know because people say that New Yorkers have an accent and I just don't know what. That is correct. Okay, so I, I don't know. I don't know if he has an accent. You put on an accent when you, you know, put on an accent or you, you don't assimilate when you take off your accent. That's true. This is your assimilated voice, correct? That's true. So yes. whenever you feel like getting to your natural yeah. state. Code switching and all that. Correct, yes. So your dad... He leaves when you're like six? My mom left oh. with us. 
when my Who's brother us? and I, my That's... brother and I, my little brother. What's um, the difference between you and him? Three years, 12 days, 12 hours. So do you have early remember? So you know what it's like being an only child. Oh. You remember that? No. But I remember the day that I saw my brother. So I imagine my life was peaceful before that. Walk us through. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to your little brother. I love him. I do. Walk us through the day that you saw your little brother. Oh what was God. going through your head? I went to the window. My dad is like, look, there he is. There he is. He's the only baby crying, Jared. He's the only baby crying, screaming at the top of his lungs. Mm. All the other babies are relaxed, chilling. Don't usually babies do that, right? <laughs> most babies, most and babies. That, that was my life for the next several years was him crying. You were the big sister. I was. Yeah. At least you weren't in this world alone. Sure. Yes. Yes. That is true. So you do. So your dad left. Your mom left and took you guys probably around. When I was three, my brother was just born. He was maybe Oh, six when you months. were three years old? Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's way before school then. Mm-hmm. So do you it have was like the, nursery school, I Do guess. you remember just mom saying, we're gone, we're out? I remember nothing of that. So I you, remember nothing. So did you ever wonder when you like get into like elementary school when they're like two parents, you're just like, my dad lives? Mm-hmm. I, I, a lot of my friends also lived in... Um, homes where there were two parents separated so it was a common conversation where they would say oh my i'm going to my dad's this weekend or whatever um and yeah that was pretty common um i didn't really go by my dad's i remember going maybe twice twice in when you were young or in twice? my life like staying really? over there yeah by i remember going twice does your brother have the same memories or no? Or is he closer he to your brother? He should have the same memories. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we I were mean, together. So I went by his mother, my grandmother, um, more times, more frequently. Um, but I can only remember going by my dad's twice, like to stay twice. And it would be like overnight. Okay, let's come back to your dad. So what's your early remembrance of school? So this whole podcast is making a time capsule of you, right? Mm -hmm. So if your great-great-grandkids are wondering, oh, what was my grandmother like in 2020 and her thoughts, it's like a timeline of how we lead up to this person. Right. So what is your early remembrance of school? Do you remember what's it like? You're making your first friend. Do you remember kindergarten? Some people don't have these memories. I remember my first memory of school is me coloring a butterfly. Um, and the school was in my church. So the downstairs area of my church was where all the children went to school. Um, and upstairs is where we had service. <clears throat> and my earliest memory, I was probably, I don't know how old I was, but I was coloring a butterfly and everyone else's butterflies had all the colors like or orange and purple. And, mm -hmm. and I chose to make my butterfly brown. And it was the only brown, dark, dark brown butterfly. And I remember the exact wall that it was hung up on. I remember, you know, everybody saying, why is your butterfly brown? You couldn't choose more colors. And I wanted a brown butterfly, so... That's my earliest memory of school. All right, the teacher thought you were colorblind. Listen, <laughs> mm, I don't know. The teacher was my. Or you probably made the brown the the butterfly represent you. There you go. Represent you. There you go. I don't know. You went to a Christian school for how long? Um, 
so that was until kindergarten. Kindergarten, I went to public school. I returned to the uh, SDA school when I was going for seventh grade. What's um, an SDA school? Seventh-day Adventist. So oh, so you are a Seventh-day Adventist. Associated with that church, yeah. Okay, and you've been a Seventh-day Adventist your whole life? Uh-huh, yeah. What would you say, do you guys, you guys believe in the New Testament and Old Testament? Mm-hmm. What would you say the difference between Seventh-day Adventists for the people listening and regular Christianity? Not regular or right, Pentecostal. But other other denominations. I guess one of the big things that's been explained to me, because I've asked this question as well, is the observance of Saturday as the Sabbath day um, in alignment with the Gregorian calendar, which, mm. you know, and the Julian calendar. So in alignment with those calendars, recognizing Saturday as the seventh day, um, a lot of people point out the dietary differences, um, the intertwining between your lifestyle in the physical realm and your lifestyle in the uh, spiritual realm. So not eating certain things. Like what? Um, I've never had lobster. Never in your life? Never in my life. I've never Me had. Me either. I had, I had bacon pork bacon by accident once it was good i don't remember because it was stuffed so it was my prom and it was stuffed in a chicken and the chicken had cheese and peppers and onions and all and the little bacon bits they were like barely palpable. i couldn't taste them <laughs> but i remember thinking huh that looks like bacon and then i checked and i was just like oh it's bacon can't have my chicken so they tell you no. So why? What's wrong with lobster? Why can't you guys eat lobster? Um, from what I understand, um, the restrictions are around f- animals that scavenge for their food and store toxins oh. in their body. So lobsters are considered bottom feeders. People sometimes I don't know if you've heard them called the cockroaches of the sea. So they they scavenge the They're bottom. They're dirty. Of the, yeah, and they store it in their bodies. And people say, oh, you could clean it with so-and-so-and-so, but no. <laughs> no. <laughs> fish? Fish? I, I have eaten. It's got to be fish with scales because um, apparently fish, there's fish that don't have scales. So <laughs> it's got to be fish with scales and other things. Honestly, I never really paid much attention to it because I was, it was how I was raised, so I didn't really think about it, and I just knew, okay, not gonna eat this i'm gonna eat this um which is strange because where my family is from you eat things like shark and turtle and you're from the islands yeah right but so when people ask me oh you ever had that i'm like no and they're like why where are you you can't be from here your family can't be from here if you don't and i'm like not even turtle turtles i would never eat a turtle Oh, <laughs> I, I was like, man, turtles are dirty too. I don't know, but I think it's the webbing. Alligator? So it's the webbing. With turtles, alligators, it's the webbing. You don't eat things that have webbing. Web hands. Mm-hmm. Man, I did not know this. Mm-hmm. So as a seven-day Adventist, strict. My my lady's brother's wife is seven-day Adventist. Yeah. And she's from the well, yeah, yeah. Honduras. Yeah. No, excuse me, Nicaragua. It is. It depends on where you are. So there are people in my church that weren't raised strictly. Being that my experience was the intersectionality of Caribbean parents and grandparents, SDA community that's very tight-knit, um, and along with the, I guess you could say so, socioeconomic lines and everything, everything tying together, I had strict 
family members. Strict, like, walk us through the strictness. Oh, what do you mean, strict, like, as sorry, in you can't go to no one's house? Nothing. or? Well, I so with my grandparents, when I was spending time in St. Croix, because they're from Trinidad, but they moved to St. Croix after a while. So I would spend my summers and winters in St. Croix. And when I would be in St. Croix, and let's say Sabbath approached, before sunset, your laundry must be done. Your house must be clean. Your mm. Everything must be done. Because as soon as the sun is setting, you are having Vespers. And neighbors from wherever they are coming from are coming to have Vespers with you. What's a Vesper? That's like um, worship on Friday night. So, oh. And then Saturday night as well. Anybody's house, they'll just show Listen, up there. You pop, they pop up. They, that's how close it was in St. Croix. Okay. Um. So Sabbath comes and... Being in the Caribbean, you think, oh well, I'm gonna walk down to the to the beach and stuff like that. My grandmother would have me go to church, and let's say I wanted a snack, I was not allowed to climb the tamarind tree to get my tamarind or my guinea. Couldn't climb it because that's work, and you don't do work on a Sabbath. Oh wow! <laughs> but she would have the food prepared from Thursday. So she so would I, climb up there and get it. Oh no, no, nobody's climbing anything. We we get the food that's prepared. Nobody's buying anything. Nobody's going to pick anything. Nobody's going to grab anything. You eat what's prepared. I have sat and stared at plates of food for hours, Jared. <laughs> wow. Um, as far as my mother, going to people's houses was initially a no. The main person's house that I was allowed to go to was another girl who whose mother was actually my pre-K, preschool teacher. STA. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the only person's house that I was allowed to, that was really the only person that I was allowed to leave my mother's house with for a while. What a community. So everything's close-knit, everything else. Mm -hmm. So some people you probably grew up with your whole life that went to your church. Yeah, absolutely. Like a church community. Mm -hmm. Went to school, went on vacations, went to camp, went to all these different places. Um, And it's a Caribbean SDA Mm -hmm. group. Have you ever mixed with like regular traditional black STA? I have when I came up to Stanford, when I went up to Stanford a couple of years ago. But okay. until then, I just spent everywhere that I went was Caribbean people. I went to Ephesus on 120. Well, where do wherever. you develop this accent that you're using now? I. Code switching, not an right. accent, but why do you why do you code switch? But when I notice when Caribbean people get together, I really don't know <laughs> what they're saying. <laughs> It's and you do that a lot. Sometimes when you get upset, you'll start yeah. switching. I'm like, man, where the... F- <laughs> yeah. It's something that I was I was raised with. So Does the hubby do mother, that too? He does. His family is from St. Lucia and Antigua. So he, um, he'll start speaking. His father taught him some Creole. So when he gets with his family, they start talking. I'm just like, wait, what, what do y'all say? <laughs> mm. <laughs> but it's something that I was raised with. So my mother coming here... If you meet my mother, she doesn't, to me, she doesn't have an accent, right? It only comes out when she's pissed at me. (laughs) Um, To other people, my mother has an accent. So I was raised to speak a certain way um, in order to establish myself as a certain type of person. Got it. When I am around my family or around my friends, my close-knit SDA community, we all are like, hey, what's up? And, And it's chill. You don't have to be. Mm. something or someone you're just you um or your your cultural background is even more amplified because you're around other people that are like you 
and can appreciate those aspects of your of your experience. I find it ironic that we so everyone loves people being in a diverse city and everything mm-hmm. else. We love these accents, but when people work, they turn them off. Right, because but that what makes that what makes them stand out and makes them different. Right, I I think that part of it is well, actually, a lot of it is deeply uh, ingrained in us where we're like to be able to be considered professional, mm. to be able to be considered competent you must present yourself a certain way and for some people some people it so is when did you st- when did you develop that what age because if you grew up in a caribbean household when did your did your mother speak to you so my mo- like i said the only time that it happened is when she's pissed oh so she but talked she <laughs> taught you up pretty much two dialects then right so she spoke american standard got to it me okay primarily nice. she was a woman of of professionalism first um, she is. She's not dead. Um, she's a Jesus. woman of professionalism Jesus. first. And so she spoke American standard at home unless she's pissed, confused, or talking on the phone with a friend. I mostly heard it talking to my grandmother um, and my and that's grandfather. That's how you picked it up. Right. And then okay. being around my friends and their parents. Because in the in their households, um, the the dialect was much more prominent. And much more present than in my own. And I spent a lot of time at my friends' houses. Um, so I was able to learn mostly through my grandmother and then also through my friends. So when you go from the SDH uh, school to a public school, how shocking is that? What's the difference? Because now you're meeting all religions So in the Bronx, right? So I, so I was born in the Bronx. My mother moved me to Mount Vernon at some point between birth and three. That's where Heavy D's from. I know. Yeah. He came at some point. Everybody was going crazy, and I was just like, "Why?" And Got nothing I but love for you, baby. Why? There you go. But um, uh, Mary I J. don't Blige. remember. Yeah, I don't remember the switch, but I know that I had a friend, and she was Hindu, and I remember bringing my quarterlies like to read because my mother wanted me to read my quarterlies wherever I went correct um, so I had my quarterlies at lunch and I was sharing it with her and she was sharing with me her background and I was just like wow I didn't know that other people did other things I mean I knew she wasn't a part of my community but I didn't know that there was something else accessible right and I was just like hey look at this so when when so when you get to these schools and you see all these different religions mm-hmm. do you ask your mom can we hang out or anything else or she's like we don't do that um, my mother never restricted me in that way. She wouldn't let me go anywhere. Oh. <laughs> so Nowhere it wasn't, at all. It wasn't dependent on a person's religion. It wasn't dependent upon a person's race. Her thing was, you're trying to be out here in these streets. No. Because at anything that age, that early you. age, what age where she was like, well, even when you were little? Yeah, no, I was home. Do you Any think... Friends I wanted to have I mean they were across the street and my mother was with me and their mom was there and then I went back across the street to my house with my mother and if they wanted to come over they could but I I didn't really go anywhere (laughs) do you think well let's let's do that why do you think your mother was like that she now knowing what I know she experienced that was the way that her parents raised her Mm -hmm. um my grandfather particularly was a hard man he 
and my mom always used to say you think you think you have it bad i couldn't go nowhere i had to sit down in my house and i can't leave my house i must go straight from school to home and back again i can't go nowhere i can't call nobody you have cell phone to call people i can't call nobody so being raised that way Mm. she thought she was doing one one level better by allowing people to come see me (laughs) that's that's an interesting topic about the baby boomers raising because you're not technically a millennial would you be generation I have no idea z what i am i was born in 95 i don't know what i am i don't claim the foolishness that happens though but i think you might be a mill- i think millennials stop at 97 ew okay so you are millennial but that's a it's a that's a tough thing to do because they're raising you with technology mm-hmm. a technology that they're not aware of i remember the first computer we got in our house how, what grade were you? It was huge. I was probably, the first time I saw a computer in school was third grade, and there were these big, I guess, Apple computers with a colorful Macintosh, back. yeah. Oh, my goodness. I always wanted the cyan one because it was so pretty, and I had never seen it. And then my mom got us a computer at home, and it was so big, and I was so excited. And we had dial-up, and we were like, what is this? And somebody would call her on the phone, and I'd get pissed because... And everything, Why, yeah. And then have to do everything the over. The dial up that little. Yeah, and the little running man. Go three steps. Good memories. When you, so when your mother, she's strict household. So let's go to elementary school. Mm-hmm. So what's elementary school like? Did you go to, did you say the same elementary school throughout the whole time? Yeah. So I, walk um, us through the first people you met, the first friends that you met. Well, the first friend that I met was a girl named Catherine in, in the first day of kindergarten. And I remember my teacher, like I walked in the room and everybody was like dancing and playing music or whatever. And by the first week, Catherine was my friend. My mom had taken pictures. I still have a picture of this girl who, to be honest, I don't remember much about it except she was very, very pretty, had very long hair, and she smiled a lot. Um, the first friends that I remember were these twins that lived across the street from me. And um, they were very nice, very popular. Um and yeah they were just they were the cool girls to be around and then i branched out and made other friends but for me making friends was like i I stick with a certain set of people like making friends i can't be friends with everybody because it's just it's what do you mean like i can be positive with everybody but i only remember four people Really? That I interacted with and considered friends. I can be positive and happy and, you know, all those things with many people. And I remember people, I have like my yearbooks and all these people signed it. I didn't. We signed it for the hell of it, you know, not because we were all friends. But no long lasting. Do you think you didn't have enough love? You had love. You wanted to give the love to the people that deserved it? Or you just didn't want like... I think I just gravitated as time went on to people that were in close proximity or people that were similar to me. And it ended up being that I had these two friends um, that I would always hang out with in elementary school. One lived in my building, one lived around the corner. Uh, But they were both very, very similar to me. We learned to crochet together. We would read similar books. Um, We would talk about similar things. We all had... We had siblings um, or people that we looked after and things like that, younger siblings. So we we connected over a lot of things. 
Um, and I still keep in contact with those people. I still see them around, but they're not like friends, friends. Right. The circle gets smaller as you get older. It changes. But you only started with four. I did. And then I, so I swapped (laughs) and swapped as my location changed and as the accessibility to people changed, because even though I had a phone, I couldn't use it. What's the earliest time you had a phone? <laughs> Walk us through that. You had I a phone was when? in fifth grade. So you're 10 11. Years, 10 years old. And I got a phone because my mother, she had stopped working, I think, in White Plains and started working downtown. So she wasn't as close. And she needed to be sure that she could get in contact with me. So I had to share that phone with my brother. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I was about to ask this. So he no, had his no, own phone. Mm, tell you the privileges that boy got but we shared that first one it was a nokia you could throw it across the room you could throw it off a building and it was fine um and literally my mom call me when you're leaving school call me when you reach halfway down the block call me you know what just stay on the phone with me until i reach the building then call when i get upstairs call half an hour later to make sure i'm doing what i gotta do um describing in detail what's happening so that it lines up with whatever yeah do you think it's because you lived in new york Yes. Because you lived in New York and she's And also because she had a hard parent. Um, She had some uh, experiences that are not my place to tell, but she had some experiences that kind of caused her to be very protective. And she also was aware you're especially a female child. Mm. So your brother has different rules. Oh, my goodness. But she swear he doesn't. But, yes, he did have different rules. It's crazy how moms are a whole lot lighter on the boys and the girls get like the toughest thing they have to learn how to do this and Mm -hmm. do that and do this and your brother probably is maybe the angel of the family oh my goodness and she i it's funny i spoke with her about it the other day because we were talking about this we were i don't know how we were talking about it but we got to the subject of whether or not you can love your children the same which i believe is a lie no, it is. Right. <laughs> but Parents got favorites. Right. Um, and she tried to explain it away a certain way. And um, she's she always points out, yes, I was hard on you, but look how you turned out. Everything's fine. Like, no. But raising no. a woman of color is really, she's trying to and get you adjusted to the world about how yeah. things aren't going to be fair for you and stuff like that. That's what it was. And beyond that... I think one thing that she says is ultimately it came down to the fact that I listened. I did what she asked me or didn't do what she didn't want me to do. My brother didn't, you know, so she was could he getting set, spankings and stuff or oh no? yes, <laughs> both of us got licks, oh. <laughs> but he got more than me because he was doing more than me. Um, but yeah, ultimately I think if, I had done what I wanted to do. At some point, she would have just had to be like, mm. that's what she likes to think too, but who knows? So do you ever wonder, so you're going through middle school, do you ever wonder like, oh, am I going to my dad's house? Does that ever no, pop up? or never. That has never been a thing. Does he um, call or anything else? or In middle school, uh, I would occasionally call him for help on my math homework because my mom always said, call your dad because he's really good at math. And he is really good at math. He would sit on the phone with me and work, walk through the problems with me. Um, but no, I never 
as a child I wanted to go he had a cat wanted to see the cat. He had a cat. And um so you know and, and we would spend time together but I never thought that I was staying there. Um as and your child, mom ingrained that into you early that you don't stay at your dad's house. No, she wanted me to go. But he said no. Essentially. There was always someone around from what I understand. Um and yeah. How many times have you said it? He's your father told you he loved you. Lots. Every single time that I spoke to him, every single time that I spoke to him. Um, Did you ever find yourself wanting to see the action of love? Absolutely. I remember one, several times. I like, much to my mother's dismay, I would break down crying and wonder why he didn't love me, even though he told me he loved me. Mm. And she'd be like. She was the type of woman she, and from what I hear, this is rare, she would say, your father does love you. He can't show it to you in the way that you want, but he does love you. She wasn't the type of person to bash my father in front of me or to tell me about what he was. Um, she allowed me to determine that and to explore that for myself. Um... And so as a result, growing up, there was a little bit of resentment towards her because he would tell me things like, oh, it's your mom's fault. And my mom would never say that. So I ended up thinking it's my mom's fault. Mm. And then years later, I see the things and I'm just like, well, both of you are horrible for keeping me in the dark about this instead of telling me what's right. But then I realize it's because my mother loves me and she's a good person, much better than I would be. <laughs> but right. Yeah. So when do you so when does when does that happen? When does that happen where you're just like I can't go to my dad's house? You're wanting your dad. It's probably a lot on your mom thinking like, man, my daughter, I'm mm -hmm. raising her, I'm doing all this other stuff, and she wants to be around her dad all yeah. the time. Yeah, and I'm sure it broke her heart, but my mother also never showed sadness in front of me, ever. No, like I remember never seen your mom cry. I nothing. remember the first time that I heard tears in her voice, and I didn't know what to do. I was nineteen. And I didn't know what to do. The second time that I heard tears in her voice was last year. And I still didn't know what to do. <laughs> never cried in church before? My mother? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Not during praise and worship? No. Wow. Stone cold killer. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Really? Emotions are not my mom's. And we've had conversations about that, too. Because I... Out of m in my family, I'm the weird one because I'm super affectionate and I'm super emotional. Where does that come from then? Because no I one was affectionate. I have no idea. You. I guess so. Yeah. Does it come from your grandparents? They're probably the ones that were affectionate with you. Um, not my grandfather. My grandmother was. I wouldn't say affectionate. Maybe more out of anybody else, my grandmother, but not the type to bake cookies and, and smile and sing and pat flower on your nose. No. Um, yeah, storybook grandma, no. Oh, I was about to say. That girl. level of affection, no. Um, yeah, so everyone in my family is pretty much like, what are you your doing? brother's Why like, you like that this? too? My He's brother is the most, yeah. And my mom is like, where does he get it from? And I'm like, it's you. It's you and his father combined. What do you mean? Wow. <laughs> 
she's like, no, I show feelings. I'm like, no, you don't. Do you, do you think <laughs> since you were in the house so much, that's where you found your love for anime? Anime? Do I love anime? Do I have a love for anime? I don't know. Everything I reference, you know, everything. Well, that's because of my husband and my friends. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's because of my husband and my friends. I. What did you grow up watching? <laughs> or could y'all watch TV? Barely. Really? <laughs> Barely. Um, if I was allowed to watch something, what age range are we talking about? Just in we're general? We're still in, well, right now we're still in your elementary years. You just finished. So we're I like, was finished fifth to, grade yeah. when you got a cell phone. That's where we are in your okay. story. So I was allowed to watch things like Fairly Odd Parents, um, Fairly Totally Odd Spies. Parents. I was allowed to watch something Scooby-Doo. Um, but my grandmother was like totally against that. She's like, it's a devilish show. <laughs> Scooby Doo is devilish. Oh my gosh! Like SDA. Uncovering. Oh. <laughs> SDA grandmother, third generation SDA. So I yeah, Scooby Doo was a no for my grandma, but my mom would allow it. Disney Channel, most things I could watch. That's so Raven. My mother didn't like that because the psychic aspect. My grandmother didn't like it because of the psychic aspect. So I had to sneak it, but I did watch it. I watched things like yeah, D- Disney things, Nickelodeon things. Um, cartoons mostly. So now we're in. You got a cell phone. We're going to middle school. Yeah. That's when everybody starts changing. Mm-hmm. How yeah. does that happen? How does that? Were you? Were I you was, were an awkward teen, I, or I was always awkward. I was always really? awkward. I am awkward. You think so? I do. Um. I was and am clumsy. Um, <laughs> listen, I, one time I wanted to sit on a windowsill, so I hopped onto the windowsill and I broke the window. At school? At school. Oh my goodness. Glass fell on somebody, right in front of somebody. And oh my goodness, it was so bad. Um, I struggled to make friends the first year because it was the SDA school again and it was very tight-knit. So everyone that was there, they were my people that I, some of them were people that I knew when I was in preschool, but they had all been together. Oh, and you've come from and public school. And I'm coming school. from public school. Um, and because of the way that I was raised, and this is still Afro-Caribbean people, the way that I was raised set me apart. What do you mean? So I was told things like I wasn't black enough. Really, as from black as you is. Right, from black people. You know, I was told that I had to be something else because of the way that I spoke, because of the books that I read, because of the way my hair was. Mm. You know, and so that first year of middle school, and there were only eight children in my class. What? Yeah. What? Eight kids? Eight kids. Eight children in my class. Um, Like a ELL program. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they used to do back in the Listen, day. They used to take kids. No, it was the school at most maybe had 150 children from pre-K to eighth grade. Oh, that's a small school. Um, very small, all people who were raised in, in our church community. Walk me through that colorism. What's that feel like? It Especially sucks. Being, yeah, it's tough, right? It sucks so bad because then you, and it's not something I ever told my mother because she my was, mother is a lioness. She will come to the school and tear up every child's parent and teacher. And then I would have to deal with the aftermath of that. 
So well, who did you talk to about this? Nobody. You kept it to nobody. yourself or I didn't tell anybody. I wrote it in my diary. I still have my diary from that time. I read my diaries every now and again and I sit there like sheesh. But But that's what I was getting about your voice. Because when I got back from I think Japan, I don't know where we were traveling around when I was in North Carolina, my I was like, people kept saying, like, why do you talk white? I was like, what do you mean mm-hmm. I talk white? What are you trying to say? Mm-hmm. Then my grandmother was like, you just got to go beat his A. There you go. My mother, I was like, what? Really? Know. That fast? <laughs> she said, yeah. If you wanted to stop, you got to go over there. I done got kicked out of the school program and everything else. She there said, but I go. bet they'll stop leaving you alone. There you go. But I mean, what is that thing about what? Because you're saying this is in a Caribbean place and they're is. saying that. It is. And so because I was raised extra strict, in my Afro-Caribbean household, my mother didn't play reggae and soca in the house. So you didn't know none so of the songs. So I didn't have the, that background. I didn't have the cultural associations of blackness. And then also I didn't have the cultural associations of, of you know, specific specific to the Caribbean either. Um, because of the way that my mother wanted me to be perceived. S- and the way that she was raised. So what do you mean? Like not blackness. So she didn't like, so to them, to the children, because I didn't use slang and because I had my hair, I guess it was a looser curl pattern. And because I, um, you know, was generally polite and conflict avoidant. I was considered not black. Um, but you could turn on the accent if you wanted to. Precisely. You could turn on your, not an accent, you could turn on your native tongue if you wanted to. Right. And so by the end of eighth grade, I had become more comfortable expressing that. And I. It took that long from. Oh, seventh grade was seventh grade Alia sitting in the back with one person who, um, one of my childhood friends whose mother taught me, the same girl, trying to include me with everyone else. And they still wasn't doing it. No. Like the, uh, towards the end of seventh grade, they started, and then. How did you know they said they weren't black enough? They said that to your face, like yes. you didn't. Yes, they said it wow. to my face. Yeah. Just because you had nice hair. I'm not gonna call it nice hair. I had a looser curl pattern. A looser curl pattern. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. That's disrespectful. Yeah. yeah. No. You All just I had a hair. You right. just had different just of my hair texture. And the way I spoke. Um, the fact that, like, they were doing foolishness, and I would beg them to stop foolishness like what oh my goodness jared you know you you remember that time when people take lysol and and a lighter and and oh spray it right so they were doing that and then they put a smiley face in the carpet the teacher had stepped out to go to the bathroom they put a smiley face in the carpet and they were getting light on the smiley face in the carpet and the girl who was recording it her dad was the fire marshal and i was like guys please my mother will kill me. Stop. And they stopped or whatever. They weren't happy with it. That was another point of them saying, you're not really black. You know, whatever. The girl's father found the video. Were there eight people there? Yes. <laughs> the girl's father found the video, brought it to the school's attention. The deans and everybody get called into the classroom. We're on punishment for like a month. We can't go on trips. We have to wear uniform every day. We blah 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 and I'm crying because I'm like my mother is gonna kill me because I didn't say something to someone she's gonna kill me Mm. I'm dead so I'm crying I'm just panicking in the back 
And everybody's just like, for those of you who can't see, I'm just looking backwards slowly. And they hated me. Oh, my goodness. And then the school leaders were like, you see, at least she's remorseful and she didn't even do anything. <laughs> and oh, my gosh. I was just like, no. At least she's remorseful. No. Look I at this one. I didn't even do anything. <laughs> she's remorseful. So that was another layer added on to that general experience of being excluded. Um, excluded? Do you deal with public shame? Are you not good with that? Or public conflict? I don't, I'm conflict avoidant. I don't like what I perceive to be a negative interaction being around me. Now, where does that come from where you avoid conflicts? Honestly, um, because technically you spoke up in this situation and said this is not a good idea. Right. And I think that part of it comes from those experiences where I was excluded, etc. for doing that. Part of it comes from my memories of the conflict in my own home before my mother left. So I do have sparse memories. They showed up as nightmares. Nightmares of them arguing or nightmares? Nightmares of, of arguing and other things. Okay. Um, and so with all of those things combined, I just generated uh, an avoidance of conflict. I don't want to deal with it if I can avoid it. And it's led to a lot of things. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, then we'll get back to where it leads to. Mm -hmm. Does it get to like, so as we get to the end of eighth grade, are we getting liked more or anything else? Are you just yes. more accepted? You're listening to more soca music? Yes. They taught you how to dance soca? Yes. <laughs> all those things. All of the They above. taught you how to. You had to learn on your own. I Yeah, because my mom would never let me touch the computer and learn, and she didn't want to teach me. But it's in your blood, though. Exactly. So once when the music was playing, like if it happened on the street and I would start dancing at home, just regular my mom would just put it off. Really? Alia, go read a book. <laughs> that was the thing, go read a book. Can and she I, dance? Can your mother dance? You know. She probably can. She probably can. She's never shown me. Um, at the I'm lying. At the wedding one time we were dancing together. Um, and I was in the back of my mind, I was just like, oh, my gosh, I'm dancing in front of my mother. Is she going <laughs> to? Hmm. But then I was like, you know, I don't care. I'm, I'm not even going to live here anymore, so it's fine. You're grown. There you go. But that doesn't exist. Grown does not exist in, in my mother's household. You have a whole husband. Listen, grown does not exist. She says it now because she, when I ask her, like, questions, she's like, Alia, you're grown. Leave me alone. But other than that, grown doesn't exist. I could be 67, and she could be. 85. Grown don't exist. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy how you were raised differently, though. At school, you were probably completely different. At school, yeah. you learned more of your culture than at your own house. Yeah, because of all the things that we talked about before. And um, so as I was learning these things, I became more acceptable to people, right? Um. And by the end of eighth grade, I mean, we were all chilling. We had a good time. We would go out to the movies together, dinner, whatever, as long as the parent guardian was there and oh, whatever, really? whatever. Oh, yeah. So, like, if we wanted to go to roller the mall. Roller skating. Yeah, roller skating for a friend's birthday. It had to be for a birthday, really. It couldn't be, like, a Saturday evening or it had to be for a birthday. But we would go places and do things together. Um, I still wasn't as close as I would consider friends, but at least I wasn't getting harassed anymore, I guess. Yeah, there's only seven people there. 
Right. So imagine seven, seven girls, or were you? Was it co-ed? It was or? mostly boys. Oh, the boys were the ones effing with you. It was mostly boys. No, no, I'm lying. I'm sorry. My brain is thinking of when they con- they joined seventh grade to eighth grade in the same room. I had girls in my cohort: five girls, two boys, and me. Um, there was. Were the dudes mean to you too? Or? Oh yes. Really? Oh yes. And, and then, there's not that many dudes in the class. Right. And then later on, that changed. What they, changed? They didn't want to be mean anymore. Oh, I get it. <laughs> right, right, right. Puberty happens. Right. Okay. So it was very confusing. That's still kind of weird going to school with like eight people. Right. It. It. I mean, I would see all the other people too. Where though? So we would have morning assembly. We'd have... Uh, Lunch time after lunch time. No, but worship. I'm saying that's a hundred people at your school. That's still a small school. That's a small. Yeah. You did all that all the way up to high school. Mm, no, after eighth grade, I left that okay. school, and I went to Manhattan Hunter Science High School. Oh, so you came to the city. Mm-hmm. That was probably. What was that like? Does it feel like being free a little bit? Like a someone bit. opening like a cage a little bit? Like, a little wow. bit. I, I remember my mom showing me how to get to school, and she was so worried. <laughs> She was showing me how to get to school on the buses and subways on the Metro North. Um, I remember my first time walking up into the steps of high school. And I am i was quiet because I still felt awkward and shy and stuff. And this girl ran up to me. She was like, can I see your schedule? And I was like, okay, why is this girl talking to me? I don't know who this is. Um, I showed her my schedule. She's like, we have class together. Let's go. And she pulls me up the stairs. And to this day, she's still one of my friends. Um, What's her name? Haiti. Haiti. Mm-hmm. So Haiti's the first girl you ever met in high She's school. She's the first girl I met in high school. So her personality is still that today. Her personality giant is personality. still a big, big personality. She, I will hear her from down the block. She'll be like, ah, and she's running and she's jumping and she's. I love her. She's. That's crazy awesome. how that's what your body, that's what your your space needed. Right. You needed like a vocal person, and that's what you got within the first day. Absolutely. And by the end of the first day, I had made another two friends um, who are still my friends to this day. Actually because of her or just in general? In general. I was sitting by myself at lunch because I don't want to You're used go. to it. Yeah, I don't want to. And I didn't want to extend myself. I didn't feel like I. this is a new space. This is a new time. I'm not going to extend myself. I'll see what happens. And three people came and sat down, and they started talking to me, and by the end of lunchtime, I had a nickname, and by what the end of the, the day, nickname? Bubbles, I think. Um, Michael Jackson's monkey? <laughs> no. I was about to say like that. the Powerpuff Girl. Oh. <laughs> I was about to say, what type of racist? <laughs> no. <laughs> they called you Bubbles. No. No, like the Powerpuff Girl. Oh, um, I was like Bubbles. And also because I had bubble gum, and I kept giving people bubble gum. And um, by the end of the day, one of the, the girl... Uh, Kelly, her mom, came to pick her up, came to meet her the first day of school. My mom came. We had our moms exchange contact information because technically we still can't use our cell phones. <laughs> so walk us through that. Walk us through. So you're in high school, and these people are not from your religious background. No. And uh, your mom's Kelly's op- Baptist. Ba- oh, but they're, so your mom's like, all right, well. At that point, I think my mom had gotten the counseling from her friends that Potentially, I would be stifled if if things continued as they were. Mm-hmm. But she was still very much like, which I appreciate. She was still very much like, I'm going to meet every person. I'm going to meet their parents. I'm going to meet everyone around them because 
nothing's happening to you. (laughs) (laughs) And if you try to pull the wool over my eyes, I will find you and kill you. That's my mother. But that makes that makes a child even more sneaky. Yes. Hopefully she never listens to this podcast. And smart. Because <laughs> the things that happened as a result. Yeah. You're thinking four steps ahead now. Oh dear God. You're yeah. thinking of all the possibilities, oh what my, my mother would say, yep. everything else, different everything. stories that cover it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, I it's not a good thing that I've learned how to say what needs to be heard, I guess. That's a skill, though. It's a skill. That's a skill. That's a skill in the business setting to say that. It's not really lying. It's really catering to someone's ego. It was lying. (laughs) It was lying in the extreme. But, I mean, to some degree, I wouldn't be the person that I am if it wasn't for the steps that she took and the steps I took. Um, And I like the person that I am. So I guess I had to deal with it, although I'm pretty sure... It was not ordained for me to go through the things that I went through. So. Well, maybe it had to be. Maybe it had to be to make you who it was. You right. Know? And that's what I'm saying is if it, if I didn't go through it, I wouldn't be me. But I know for a fact some of them things I shouldn't have done. So. <laughs> okay. So we're in we're our freshman year. We're meeting all our friends with this uh, yeah. first friend. She's Baptist. What's the second friend? Um, She is non-denominational. Um, oh, so they, mm-hmm, they um, were laying hands, falling on flows. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, she she hadn't actually she hadn't actually gone to church or anything like that in a while. It wasn't something that was big for her. She did believe in God, but she just that was it. Um, my friend Mariana. Um, I think she's her mom had gone to church, taking them to church when she was younger, but it wasn't something big. Um, and those were, I had like five friends. That I hung around, actively spoke to, et cetera, et cetera. Different cultures or mm-hmm. different everything else? Yeah, I had. Or did you find yourself sticking with people that looked like you? The school itself was very diverse. So I, there were people from Poland. There were people from Australia. There were people from, you know, Brazil. There were people from South Africa. So very diverse. I ended up staying around people that looked more like me. But had different experiences. Um, I think one thing was just my class in general. Even though it was for classes present, my class was not as diverse as the juniors, the seniors, the... Okay. um, And I didn't really hang out with older folks outside of, like, musical theater. So... Um, there was that. Then we were all assigned to that homeroom together. And and so by nature of how we all were put together, that's how it ended up being. There were other people. The rest of them were like boys that were like gross. So it was the Are you still awkward at this stage or are you grown out of it? I think I'm still awkward at that stage. You got five friends. That's pretty fast. Yes. But I feel like because high school is that time where everybody's kind of like, I'm revamping, it's sort of easy-ish to make friends. It's hard, but it's also easy depending on what you put out. Okay, so you got your SDA friends and then you got your high school school friends. friends. How do they mix? Do do they ever meet? Do they they ever mingle? What's that like? I've invited them. We've gone out lots of times together. They generally have a love for each other. Um... Yeah, but I keep them separate. 
most of the time just because different experiences right i'm i don't want to say i'm a different person with each one because i'm pretty much the same person but i don't have time to translate this experience to you and i don't have time to translate this experience to you so rather than putting myself through the work of doing that I'm just gonna keep y'all separate <laughs> so you're like putting on different coats so when you go to church mm-hmm. you're completely you know oh, yeah and then oh, when you yeah. go to school so no one from the SDA community went to that high school that you went no, to. No, 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 no. And this I mean, I, there was one boy, but he wasn't from my church or any place that I had been. Um, and I didn't really talk with him like that because he was in the older grades. What type of student were you in school? Define. What student were you, and what type of student did you have to be for your mom? I was the student that I had to be. Straight A's, yes. everything else. Yes. Couldn't have B's, anything else. I mean, I could, but she would be like, why? Because you're capable of A's. Um, What's the worst grade you ever had? Ever? Oh, my gosh. It wasn't until college I got a D in calculus because that was my only time ever in my life getting anything lower than a B. And I was, my teacher was, she spoke another language and she was pregnant, so she wasn't present during the courses much. And then the school shut down a lot because of the winter storms that year. So I didn't learn calculus. <laughs> you, sk- you skated through calculus. Oh. You, you sketched a way in. Yeah. But six people passed. So Does your mom reward you for getting good grades, though, in high school? She's saying, well, since reward you got a good. Me. I mean, just not even reward you, just like allow you to do maybe certain other things, like for you to finesse, meaning that. So she's like, well, since she's a good girl, I'm going to let her hang out at her friend's house. But you know that friend is the one that's going to let y'all go party all night. So I did have that friend who we did those things. but Who's that friend? <laughs> my the, the same girl, the SCA girl that was whose mom was my teacher in preschool. Darby. What's her name? Darby. Darby. Um, she was the safe house for all the kids in our group. Her house was the safe house because her parents, despite being SDA and prominent in the church, were chill. They were chill parents. Are they older or just? No. They're, they're just, just super chill. chill. They're just super chill. Um, chill as in like, what are the girls doing at the house? We don't know. They're doing something. Right. We're upstairs. Y'all are downstairs. Don't set the place on fire. No sex. Bye. And they would just leave y'all there? Co-ed groups. Oh, co-ed groups too? Like we would have parties. I'm doing air quotes. Parties in the basement. We'd just be playing music and we'd all just be dancing and hanging out in the basement. And that's it. Meanwhile. No, Mount Vernon. At this point, I'm in Mount Vernon. No, it's okay. Mount Vernon. It's okay. You have a love for the Bronx. Um, But yeah, that was that. And so my mother never rewarded my educational uh achievements because that was the expectation there was no reward but what does she praise you for nothing (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to think think. um (laughs) i mean i would show her my grades and she'd say great um or i would show her a project because i had started crocheting by that time and she would like it um, what was the thing that your mom told you that she was proud of you for? Have you got that experience yet? Yes. What was that? Being successful overall, I guess, in her terms. Uh, finishing school, getting good grades, 
being able to um, save money, being able to graduate debt-free, things like that, like things that... Well, before that, what about before you became an adult? Does she ever say, I'm proud of you, or just like, she like walk up to you and snuggle you? No, no snuggles. The only time I got snuggles from my mom is if she did something and she was wrong and she didn't want to say sorry. <laughs> that's it. Come on, y'all want some ice cream? <laughs> Listen, that's exactly what it, I'm going out. Do you want some food? Do you want some dinner? You want some ice cream or you something? ice cream? Not an apology. No, mom, I don't. Why are you being like that? Why are you being so ungrateful? <laughs> the whole thing. So she she would say she was proud of me if I brought to her attention things that I was doing. Um, or if I conversely brought up her unfair treatment of myself versus my brother. Oh, you would say that early? Yes, absolutely. For you to be, when do you get this type of boldness to like challenge your mother? Where does that come from? High school. Was she shocked a little yes. bit? <laughs> yes. Who Walk us through the first time where you're just like, all right, this is not fair. I, I wanted to go somewhere to... At this point, I'm in high school-ish. And we have Pathfinders, which is something like the Boy Scouts, whatever, at, at church. And our Pathfinder leader, he likes to take the young kids out to movies and stuff mm -hmm. because the kids in our community particularly had parents who always worked and couldn't do that for them. So he did that for us. And I wanted to go, and I had to bring my brother. No one his age is going to be there, but I had to bring my brother. It's not fair. Why do I have to bring him? Et cetera, et cetera. And then brought him whatever. But then, like, two weeks later, he could go without me. What? <laughs> so what, is, what did she say when you brought it up? Are you telling me how to raise my children? <laughs> is you who have children in this house? <laughs> if I tell you that I want you to go somewhere, that's it. I don't need to hear anything else from you. And if it's that much of a problem, you ask it to stay right here. <laughs> you don't need to go anywhere. You think I went somewhere when I was a child? My father never let... A whole lecture. <laughs> a whole lecture. And what do you say? Do you challenge that or you just... I you... sit there because I can't talk, Jared. Because it's not a question. There's no questions, even but when who's, there's a question. who's your person that vouches for you? Who's that person that's like to tell her, like, hey, Alia needs some freedom? So that was my Pathfinder leader but he would take all the kids out. Um, that was, later on, my mom got into a relationship and it was her significant other. He would um, advocate for me. He still advocates for me to this day. I adore him. Um, it was my friend's mother, uh, Darby's mother. She was just like, and my mother trusted um, Darby and her parents because they were, you know. SDA official. Right. But she didn't really. She didn't really know. <laughs> she probably knew. She didn't know. She probably knew. She didn't know because... She probably didn't know the severity, but I'm probably sure. I think that your mother probably knows that you're like her a little bit. I don't know. I, I'm pretty I, sure she, she got her... She hopes that I'm not. She probably got her freedom as well. She hopes that I'm not like her. She always told us, be better than I ever was. Be better than anything that I've ever done. Don't be like me. Do what I say, not what I do, etc. So we're we're in high school. Mom is your challenging mom. In small ways, my brother would outright be like, "I'm not going," or "I'm going by." Really? Oh lord! <laughs> and that would be it. I mean, there would be some conversation, some 
I don't appreciate some. How do you think that, etc., etc. But at what the end you of the do? day, you're just looking like my brother just left I'm this just house. Like, what? What do you mean? So I could, but if I were to do that, she would be dragging me by my hair back down the hallway. So, <laughs> so little. My childhood was constantly seeing that seeing the male challenged. experience in my household and being confined to what was deemed acceptable wow and it's so even to this day it still frustrates me he went on a co-ed trip jared i bring this up all the time he went on a co-ed trip before he turned 18 out of the country no supervision before 18 jared to Asked do me what if I, at, just hang on his girlfriend or just she wasn't even his girlfriend but they was doing something and that is snitching but said your family and it was the whole oh well i mean they just drove in alien ask me if i've gone on a co-ed trip out of the country yet jared i'm pretty sure you've been to one a co-ed trip out of the country no a no. cruise ship counts too i was with my grandmother i was with my grandmother in the room with my grandmother Never, you and your husband never had any, y'all never just lived. Out of the country is, is the qualifying thing. Oh, I have, in the country. I have lied about. Meeting up with him. Right, with everybody. Okay, so we're in, so your mom, grandmother's strict as well. Yes. Your brother's challenging everything. Yes. Your brother's just, there's only no male in the house, so he's actually mm -hmm. assuming the role as go. the alpha male. There you go. So what happens when she starts dating her significant other? What's that like? Is there a new he order in the house? Oh, Lord. He, so, it's not the guy that I adore. There were, there was another, and she would lie too. That's my friend, the lies. <laughs> <laughs> the lies. My friend. But he would come around and he would try to establish what's what. With your brother. With both of us. Um, and I'm just, in, in the back of my mind, and I remember this to this day, was always, I only got X amount of years here, and then I'm never talking to y'all again. Mm. Whereas my brother would just openly say, you're not my dad. You can't tell me what to do. You know, or he would just be like, no. Or he would just defy in some way, shape, or form. Um, do you think you guys are hard for your mom to date? Meaning that that's it's a it's a tough thing in general, dating a right. woman with two kids. Right. Let alone two kids that are telling you how they fairly feel. I think that because we were raised to be respectful. I mean, my brother obviously didn't adhere to that always but because we were raised to be respectful regardless of who was in front of us I think that my mother had it easier than other people but my mother's the type of person she adheres to her obligations and so she I believe made it difficult on herself by just I have two children that's my focus I have my mother's health that's my focus and to this day she's still like that you know so I think that is it awkward watching her date though I mean, this last guy that's been around, he's been around since 2011. So it's at this point, years. I'm chill. Yeah. But I mean, do you ever see your mom blush? Before I saw her getting her? dressed, like getting ready. I, re I remember those nights when she was going out. That she would be playing Luther and she would be playing Prince. And she's oh. got her towel, hair, hair wrapped up in a towel. She's putting on her makeup. And I'm like, where? what are you doing? Why? What's happening? What's going on? And I, I would have to be asleep before she comes back i tried waiting up i ain't never saw her so and you had to watch your brother yeah and there was a babysitter but essentially i had to watch my brother um 
my mom didn't start leaving me alone with him until I was maybe 12, 13. But that's still and even then not challenging for her. Single yeah, woman, absolutely two, two kids, children that are young. trying to find a dude that a dated one with two kids. Right. Um. So I understand playing Luther. Listen, I. I, that's where Prince. my musical taste came from. So all the stuff she you played. You never I saw her get love. ready to soak her music ever? Never. Never. No. Nowadays, she gets ready to reggae. And I mean, she doesn't show me she's getting ready, though. Because I, I, she usually just, at some point, she just starts flying out. So, flying like taking trips? Yes. Oh. So she she and her, her current significant other, they, um, they grew up in St. Croix together. And... Then they went their separate ways. They reconnected. And he lives in Canada. Mm. And she lives here. They've both been back home several times. I remember we met in Florida. He brought us down to Florida. He took us to Orlando Studios. He was super just welcoming, warm, and also chill. He wasn't pushing himself onto anything. And ever since then, she was just, all right, bye. I'm going for like however long. This is who's watching you. And that's where your freedom came. Oh, yeah. Jared. No, Jared. No, no. Oh, my goodness. Jared. Who was, the person that, who was the person who said they were watching you, but at the same time you were like, let's go? Um, was it Darby's house again? So I would go by Darby's house, or I would stay home. And as I got older, like, mom would tell me to bring my friends to stay with me so that I wasn't alone. Um, and she would say, no, boys. At your house? At my mother's house. Um, yes. Um, or I would stay at my friend's house, or my godmother would come up. Um, she lived in Brooklyn. My godmother. Yeah, nothing was happening with my godmother. Why did she say no boys? Were you were you boy crazy <laughs> at so the time, or did she think that? This is the funny. My mother grew up, and this is, this is the part that gets me. She, my mother grew up having a lot of guy friends. She would go spearfishing. She would go paddleboarding she would go all these things she was on sports teams and whatnot with these guys she had a lot of guy friends even now she has a lot of guy friends as i was growing up especially because it was awkward to be around females i had a lot of guy friends um and because of her experiences the traumatizing ones later on she was just like nah <laughs> and mm -hmm. because of the way that people act when they see a girl that has a lot of guy friends she was like, you're not about to go through any well, of the foolishness. Right. So for her, and she never explained it. If she had explained it, I mean, I wouldn't be happy, but I would understand. She never explained it. She just said what I said is what I said. How? Do, what's it like being the girl amongst, amongst dudes? What's that like? Walk me through that. I, to me, it felt normal. We would play football on Sundays. Um, These are all the dudes that went to your church as well. Yeah. And Darby's dad was mm -hmm. the guy that, would get the football team together um or we would just all be sitting in the balcony talking at church which i mean i'm not supposed to be sitting in the balcony talking at church and i remember one time this lady walked upstairs and she came up to me and she's like i'm gonna tell you another because why are you sitting up here in the balcony with some boy I'm like okay first of all this boy i've known since i was two relax but at the same time my mom would probably kill me so let me move so there's that weird what do you call it? It is weird like that. Yeah. It's weird when, especially with church people, you don't need to be over there with that girl. I was like, Teray? Right. Like, what are you talking about? I don't understand. What's the problem? Isn't he your godson? What's the problem? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> like, 
but so so for me it felt normal i felt myself i didn't feel like i had to do anything or be anything extra i was just the weird girl that hung out with the boys were there other girls at church there were other girls there were lots of girls at church. just girly girls yeah you're the only one playing football yeah um yeah darby wanted to play football but her dad wouldn't let her um did you play sports in school i didn't i no i'm not i'm not coordinated so right, how are remember you playing I said football. So thankfully when it, one it was they wouldn't let me they wouldn't let us tackle. So I didn't have to worry about that cuz I was the only girl so they were just like no tackle two hand touch. But I learned how to catch the ball and and you know run and and things like that just by playing with them. Um but outside of that I had no interest interest in competitive sports. So this wasn't this was more so for fun and exercise. Uh, I had no interest in competitive sports cuz that's no <laughs> I would lose and then I'd feel bad and people would be mad at me and no <laughs> so we're in high school right your mom's starting to, your mom's getting booed up and now the freedom starts to happen yeah is it wild freedom or is wild it wild for my family so I I, I got my first boyfriend what age school. were you I was 14 okay he was 16 alright right um stupid things by the way i look back at my diary and i'm like you're so dumb what but that was my freedom that was my rebelling right because she kept up in the age first she was like 14 then she was like 16 then she was like 18 then she was like when you're done with college so i had my first boyfriend what's his name his name was johnny johnny okay mm -hmm. johnny Appleseed. yeah he was not he's church caribbean no or? He was a junior. He was Puerto Rican. He, I think, was atheist. Oh. Um, and, yeah. So there was that. I would go to Central Park after class. I would tell my mom that I was studying. But I would really just be sitting on a rock in Central Park, like, <laughs> talking to people. Um, with some of my friends from high school would come as well. Um. Or if I would tell her I was studying the chemistry teacher and I would be in Barnes and Nobles reading books because I love to read. But I can't be sitting in Barnes and But what do you need to sit in Barnes and Nobles for? You have books at home. So I would lie about studying to read books at Barnes and Nobles. <laughs> You're lying just to read books. Listen, <laughs> go read books strict household. I can't go anywhere. My entire life I couldn't go anywhere. So when I get the chance and my mother's working X place and I'm in school X place and I now have all these high school responsibilities, let's believe I'm taking advantage, <laughs> even if it's just to read a book. So does your mom find out about Johnny? No. She knows. She, to her knowledge, my first boyfriend is my husband. That's a lie. That's what she, she, she don't. I didn't tell her nothing. She don't believe. She that. don't know nothing. She knows that. She knows. She's you. aware of a boy that I was intimate with, um, because that's a whole horrible thing that happened. But how was she aware of that? What age was oh that? My goodness, I was sixteen. No, I was seventeen when she was aware. And I. This is in high school, about to go to yes. prom. No, not prom. Seventeen. But, but um, I took the necessary safety precautions but i wasn't feeling okay and i in my brain i was 
peer health sex ed courses. My mother always told me, don't do it. She didn't tell me anything about it. To this day, we haven't talked about it. Yeah. You know, and peer health sex education courses weren't all that descriptive about, like, if you're feeling sick, what could it be? Right. So I went to the local clinic to um, ask them, hey, it is what it is. And they're like, okay, well, let's just, like, clinics do pregnancy tests just to make sure it's not that. They gave you a pregnancy test? Just to make sure it was not that. <laughs> no, they didn't give you. And then... Yeah, I wasn't feeling well, and I took a pregnancy test because I didn't know nothing about nothing. And it was a digital one, so to this day, I will still not take a digital one. The digital one said yes. So then I took, like, eight more, eight more. I bought eight more, and they all said no. So then I went to the clinic because I was like, something's wrong. They took it, and there's a box that says, check if you will be in danger if this is mailed to your house. I kid you not. That's <laughs> what it says. Check if there will be a a violent incident if this is mailed. A violent. <laughs> I checked the box. I checked the box, Jared. I checked the box because I know if it gets to my house, my mother's gonna open my mail. I checked the box, but they said they needed the address for documentation purposes. So I said fine. Check the box that says I will be in danger. I would have put another address. And that's what I thought. But then I was, at this point in my life, I'm like, I can't lie on a, on a medical document. I can't lie on a medical document. <laughs> You're lying already. Right? Stupid things, Jared. But anyway, I checked the box. I was like, I should be fine. Two weeks later, my mother wakes me up at 6 o'clock. Alia, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> My brother, so we shared, we had a two-bedroom apartment. My brother's in the bunk atop of me. And she's like, get your ass out here. Six in the morning. Six in the morning. Six in the I morning. had school that day. Six in the morning. What the fuck is this? So this is what you're doing? This is what you're out here doing? <laughs> After all I tell you about, da -da -da -da, this is what you're out here doing? What is this? And I'm sitting there like, well, I can't lie about it. Because it's there. So that's how that happened. How she, so what did she do? Did she freak she, out or she just? She freaked out. She's like, is it still happening? Is it something? And I was like, still, no. Is it still I was like, no. I mean, it was. But I was like, no. Um, and she's like, I don't understand. And then, so my mother's thing is, I imagine she's conflict avoidant. She'll cuss me. But she doesn't want to deal with the actual circumstance. She called my godmother. She called her significant other. She told everybody. They had to come talk to me about whatever it was because she couldn't talk to me. My godmother cussed me a little bit and then was just like, listen, you, need, you know who your mother is and you know who you are. You are meant for this. Chill. My mother's significant other was like, hey, you're young. This is what's happening. Maybe this person is a mistake, but... Just make sure that you're being safe. Whatever you choose. I can't tell you what to do. Just be case safe and careful. Right? I don't know. He gave you the talk that your mom's supposed to give you. Right. Isn't it crazy? Your conflict him. avoidance and so is your mother. Right. Like she will not. She'll. But the thing is she'll start shit. She'll start shit. But she doesn't want to deal with like emotional shit. No. But she'll start shit. Oh my gosh. Will she start shit? Maybe she sees herself in you. That's what everybody keeps telling me. That's what it seems like. It <laughs> seems like you're you're a reflection of her a little bit. That's what everybody keeps telling me. But I, I don't, see, she and I are very different. 
She's well. You probably never. She's probably never exposed who right. she really is. That, and that's that's that might that's happen when she gets too, older. Because she's my mother. So why the hell? Which I hope I don't ever see nothing except my mother. As you get older, she probably will. Because y'all become more friends now. I can't imagine that. It'll change. Oh my god. Wait till you have kids. No. We were talking about that the other day, and um, it was it was nice to have a more open conversation. But I had told her so. So Zoe and I were talking sometime, um, about the fact that my mom never had that conversation with me. And so he was like, you should call her right now and tell her that, that we were talking about it and just ask her to talk to you about it. And I told my mom about it. She was like, oh, God, I'm glad you didn't call me because I would have hung up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so even later on, like, she still doesn't want to know about anything. I don't think she'd open up about anything, even in past me having, like, She's going to skip the part that I had sex and just acknowledge that there are children. <laughs> <laughs> That's my mom. I think my mom, she was, they were all strict and they didn't tell us, tell me and my brother anything, but she would say things all like, I know it's hard being a virgin in college, huh? I said, from what I hear, I guess. Hold <laughs> up. Let me call you back, girl. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. He playing with me. Hold on. Let me, no, uh, Jared, let me I call you even, back. I would never. I would never, Jared, my mother would fling me through a window. I could never. I think as we get older, I can, F, I, she'll, she'll right. say things like, I got to go. My man's here and stuff like that. But right. as we get older, it, it sort of changes. But my mother, she'll ask me questions. I was like, we didn't grow up as friends. Right. When I, I can't tell you about my relationship because of what? We're not friends at all. Right. Y'all don't know who I am. Y'all don't know who I was from 16 to 24. Right. And, and, and I think that that's something that my mother realizes because we'll have conversations and we've had conversations and she'll say things. I'm like, ma, you don't know me. Like don't. And, and it's with the utmost respect, you know, but I'm like, you don't know me. You don't know who I am. Yeah. You know, that's you're real. just going off of your assumptions, which is valid, but you don't know me. This old man said at this funeral, he goes, he goes, your family knows who you are, but your friends know who you is. Right. That's a deep Southern stuff right there. That's true. And that makes a good point because your friends can probably give you a clear, exact, like, this is who Alia is, mm -hmm. everything else. And your mom's like, what? But I'm pretty sure in the back of her mind, she knows you're like that. She just doesn't want confirmation that you are like that. That's that's what my friends tell me. Um, I, I don't know. All I know is I never told about no boyfriend. I never told about no first kiss, nothing. She don't know nothing about me going to Barnes & Noble. She don't, as far as I can tell. So old boy was your first kiss? Or was it Johnny Appleseed? Join, John, no, it was. Who the hell? Maybe I was. We don't gotta 12. go back that far. Yeah. No, I was like twelve. She said twelve. Sweet no, love. I was twelve. Um, and this boy stole my first kiss, and I didn't like it. He stole it. He stole it. Mm. Okay, so we're in high school. We're seventeen, right? You got your group of friends. Yeah, group of friends you are now you have freedom so technically you've found a way to lie and do what you want to do yikes <laughs> not really lie i mean you found a way <laughs> right you're a teenager i did what i had to do or you're trying to explore to and have fun so what's it like going back to church do you think all the rest of the kids are doing the same thing yes they were so they're probably worse. they were in my church there everybody has an older sibling when i say everybody i mean you know so we were all 10, 12, 13, hearing what the 16, 17, and 18 year olds were doing. Oh, Lord. You know, so, yeah, we were all doing whatever we were doing. We were all talking about whatever we were doing because our parents didn't 
except for Darby's parents. Our parents didn't talk about it. So we all went to each other and we're like, hey, this happened. Did this happen to you? Oh, you're getting advice from other teens. Right, which is bad advice. My friends gave good advice, actually. They told me, leave him alone. He's dumb. (laughs) They told me, stop doing this because it's stupid. My friends gave me good advice. I just didn't listen. (laughs) But, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Thank my friends for giving me advice. I said, don't don't advise me. I'm fine. No, I was not fine. No, so fine. <laughs> you're you're chilling with your friends, and where? So what is, did you go to prom? Did you have a prom? I did. I did. Who so, took you to prom? Funny story. So I ended up going with my with Darby. I ended up going with my girlfriend. Um, my Johnny was my ex at this point. I had already dealt with other people, but then he swooped in and was like, "I want to take you to prom." Oh, and I was like. I whatever. Um, had to meet my dad because at this point I was seeing my dad again. Um, well, let's back that up. When does dad come back into your life now? Around high school. What's um, that like? He just he just pops up or is it's so we had been on the phone or whatever. I found out he was working not too far from my school. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go visit. Um, he would provide money if needed. That was it. <laughs> um, but I would go see him because I was like, all right, I'm older now. Let me take the initiative and see what happens at Does this point. Does he have any another family or are you the oldest kids that he has? No, he. I, ha- I have an older brother by him. Supposedly there are other children, but he is not an honest person. So mm. I've had other children come to me. Say I'm your brother or Right. Sister. But at that point I was young. So I just blocked them on Facebook because they were strangers. <laughs> they were strangers and stranger danger. So, um, but there might be other siblings out there. Um, I know I have one older brother. I've spoken with him um, over the years. And yeah. So. so dad's back in your life. Yeah. Does dad not know about your escapades? Dad doesn't know shit. What do you Dad think he would have did? Oh Lord, I don't know. He's would never it be weird if he tried to discipline you when yeah, he hasn't been around? So, so my dad. This is the thing with my dad. I remember one time he told me he was so disappointed in me, and I cried. Oh. I was just like, oh. <laughs> what could he be disappointed? Because you always got good grades, right? I don't remember what I did, but he was just disappointed, and he was so disappointed. And I was just heartbroken because my dad was disappointed. This is back when I cared. And so that was it. He never put hands on me. And I think that the reason for that is just I'm his only daughter. And I think my mother forbid him to put hands on us um, due to his foolishness. Um, So discipline from him was like, I'm disappointed. Wow. Mm-hmm. What's the what's the biggest disappointment you had from him? It's continuous. He what's doesn't call me on my birthdays anymore. That's and you're expecting it? No, but it's still sad. As it did he go to your wedding? He did. I invited him. I wasn't going to. Everyone guilted me into doing it. He walked you down the aisle? No, he did not. And that is something that I told him before he approached any type of meeting. I told him, you're not doing that. He wow. doesn't have the right. The person that... How did he take that? 
he was he felt however he felt i don't know i was pissed so <laughs> you're pissed that he asked you or no i was pissed that i was put in the position to have to consider his feelings who put you in that position my to say grandmother that? my mother his my, mother no my mother's mother oh my mother's mother my mother my grandfather everybody religious people Yes, and close family-knit people. And even my mother. And I'm like, Ma, you're betraying me. How could you? Um, but then she understood. She was like, I mean, I'll do it if you want. And I was just like, yeah. She was At first she was like, no. And then she was like, but I'll do it. Yeah. But I ended up choosing my little brother. Um, I wanted one of my uncles. I wanted my grandfather. My grandfather said no. I wanted one of my uncles, but then the other one would feel bad. My mom's significant other. That would start drama. And I don't need no drama at my wedding. But I would have had him. Um, but he probably would have said no out of respect or whatever. And so I asked my little brother. And he yeah. was so excited. Let's, we'll, we'll come, we're going to come up to that story. Yeah. So prom was fun? Yes. Prom was good? Cutting up. Dad, send dad pictures of prom or? Oh, crap. I don't know. I don't remember. What did you do prom night? Party? What? I went to prom and then I went home. Jared, mm. I still have a Caribbean mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I thought she'd be gone somewhere. Yeah. No, she was waiting for my ass to come back. She was sitting up waiting for me to come back. Yeah, the chick I took to prom, my first prom. Your first prom, he says. The first prom, we had a good time. I'm the sure. last prom, her daddy picked her up. Yeah. She got to go. Yeah. I said, well, that's more party for me. <laughs> hey, listen, it is what it is. I, my ass went home. Um, were you upset a little bit? Like It was dang. expected. I mean, my friends all got to go to after prom and, and everything like that. But I was just like, I know who my mother is. Did your brother have an after prom? I don't remember what he... Yes, actually, he did. Like, he did go to yeah. some party after. And again, I was pissed. But this has been my life. Right. So I was pissed. Is it in the Caribbean household where the boy is like... Yes. Really? Yes. That's in different cultures as too. Inside, mm. like the Arab culture, everything else, like the boy is like the the token one. Meanwhile, my mother swears she don't have favorites, and she's like, "No, I I, I love both of you equally. It's but just he needed more support." I'm like, "Yeah, but you gave him more freedom." Well, it's because he never listened, but you made me listen. Okay. Yeah, my sister had my sisters had they had they were the ones having a big party. We were the ones always in trouble. Mm. We were the oldest. Oh, so. Yeah. It's what, an older child. So too. what do we? So we go. We go to college. So what? What college do you pick? How many colleges did you apply for? And you have good grades. Everything yeah. else. So what do you? What's I, that conversation like? Where I do you want to go? I didn't apply to that many. Um, in the back of my mind, since I was a child, I knew that we didn't have money for college. Okay. Um. So in my considerations for college was a school that would provide me maximum funding, maximum scholarships, whatever so that I wouldn't have to be a financial burden on my family. So what school did you pick? I went to Hunter because I got a full scholarship. Oh. So I went to Hunter College. I got a full scholarship. Um, and I got a bachelor's in English and a bachelor's in education. Two bachelors? Mm-hmm. Within Dual four major. years? Mm-hmm. Yep. Good. DDD. Dual major. So we're in college. Who's the first friend you meet in college? Are you at a campus? I don't have friends in college. Did you? Are you at a campus or no? Uh, I commuted from home. Hunter College is not a campus. What they is? have campus schools. It's on 68th Street. Oh, it's in New York City. Yeah, it's right here. Oh. It's a CUNY. It's on 68th Street. They CUNY, have what's that? Residences. CUNY. Uh, City University of New York. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
so they um they had residences but again i was being cognizant of the fact that my family don't have money and i'm not trying to be in no debt Mm -hmm. so i stayed my behind home even though i really wanted the college experience and what happened my brother goes away to college where does he go oh he goes to suny he went to suny geneseo racked up a whole bunch of debt but i bet he had a good time though and then he left after a year (laughs) (laughs) so i was pissed this is the story of my life though um but i went to hunter um i stayed home i commuted usually by my age you're expected to contribute to the household in terms of rent or whatever i was 18 you're expected to contribute in terms of rent light bill phone bill my mother didn't ask any of that of me she just said get your grades get yourself saved so that you can leave um really when you need to leave yeah she's super she has a wonderful heart my mother um so being that I was aware of everything, I worked to finish my degrees as fast as possible. When I needed money for textbooks, I would ask my father or my mother if I needed it, but I tried to avoid it. Um, I was working to help pay for those things. And Is it that's why you seem older than what you really are? People have told me I've seemed older than what I am since I was a child. Since yeah, I was a lot of responsibility that you had on you, that you've mm-hmm. taken on. Yeah, I yeah. Um, to lighten the burden on your mother. Right. So ever since I was like eight, people thought I was older than I am. My husband thought I was older than I was when he met me. That was funny. We'll go there. Where did you meet him? Well, I met him so at church. But I mean at college, so he's... Yeah. So you're at college. That, oh, now that makes sense, because I thought you guys met probably in college because mm-hmm. y'all met at a young age, well, but technically... Yeah. You did meet in college. Yeah, I was in college. He just but he was he was at church. So walk us through when Big J Bowski, the Big J, the Big J, the Big J Lewis. What is what is your nickname for him? Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. No. He gets called J by people. Oh, in general, um, he gets called J. Um, what do you call him? Though? I call him something else. <laughs> Uh, I'm calling you daddy. Absolutely. Walk us through the first time you met. Walk us through that. Walk us. Does he have dreadlocks at the time? He did not. He was clean cut. How did he approach you? It was online the first time that he approached me. So backtracking a bit. No. Oh. <laughs> he said online. No, I know. Um, backtracking a bit. So he had been in my church for about a year. I had never known. Um, Time out. How do you not know inside an SDA church? Come people. on. They ain't nobody barely I there. Don't pay it. No, my church had thousands of thousands oh, people. I'm thinking of the school. No, my church had a thousand people. Um, you can't church. see nobody in a thousand people? I can, but I don't pay attention to people. There's members that I've been around for years that I don't know their name. I don't pay attention to people. They'd be like, brother so-and-so. And I'm like, who? How so, did he get to that church if that's not his home church? He was invited by friends in the SDA network. He's they, SDA as well. He was church hopping, yep. Okay. He went from Smyrna to Willis to Ephesus to, and he was church hopping. He stopped by there. He thought it was interesting. Um, months later, he meets Darby. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he meets Darby. They... Um, get to know each other she's introducing him to people around i remember the first time i met him um in person we 
she was introducing me and I was just like, that's fine, but it's lunchtime. Let's go. Lunchtime. Lunchtime. It's at the end of church. We got to eat. Let's go. <laughs> um, oh, okay. So. Y'all went to go to Corral or something? No, no, no. Her, her grandmother would cook big lunch every Saturday. Um, so that was the first time. Then later on. He commented, like, I added him because Uncle Robert asked me to do something, add him to football or whatever. And he commented on my picture. So this is much later on. I've forgotten who he was, in a sense. And he said that I looked attractive. Um, That's how he said it? No. <laughs> what did he say? Because I know he didn't say nothing. No, like he didn't. He looked he's very attractive. Like, he's like, wow, you're really sexy. Or oh, he said that in the house of God? On a comment, on a picture. Ah! And my mother saw it. And she was like, who is this? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. On wait. Facebook. I like on he Facebook. shot a shot to the oh, world. Oh, Lord. He, yeah, and I, I was he like, said you look sexy. I was like, thanks. Oh, you, you wrote know? back, thank I you. I was like, thank you. My mother said, who's this? I said, Ma, I don't know. It's a guy at church. What do you mean you don't know? Why is he calling you sexy if, if you don't know who he is? And at this point, I'm being honest, I don't know. I don't know him like that. He's a guy at church. So He's she, a guy at church. So then she goes on his Facebook and she starts scrolling through all his pictures and all his posts and asking me questions. And I'm like, Ma, I don't know. She goes through your page to look at him. Yes. Because okay. that's the type of person my mother is. She's not going to go through her own. Page. That's so crazy she's, how she's parenting psycho. through Facebook. She's psycho. <laughs> so, so long story short, I left it alone. Um, but then Darby's dad asked me to invite him to football. So I invited him to football. And everybody else showed up late. Walk us through that, um, walking in the football. Was it a setup, you think? I think so, because I think that Uncle Robert didn't want Jay to be with Darby or around Darby. <laughs> Why? What was it? Well, so backtracking a little bit, he's five years older than us. At that time, I was 18, um, turning 19, but. Uncle Robert is also very protective of his daughter Mm -hmm. in regards to who she associates with. And he was just like, you're cool, but not my daughter, you know? (laughs) So (laughs) he asked me to invite him to, I was just like, all right. Um, I invited him. Everybody else showed up late. So we were just throwing the ball back and forth and chatting. Um, Throwing the ball back and forth. That was a date. Pretty much. That was a date. Yeah. Y'all had your first date. And then, yeah, we were just talking. Um, what made him stand out? What did he say that made you like, oh, wow, he's a nice guy? So we'd had a lot of conversations about our experiences as people, as children yeah. in the church, as children of our parents. We'd had those conversations, and that was fine. Um, but what stood out to me initially was his confidence towards me. I had never dealt with a boy or man that was confident in approaching me they were arrogant right Mm. um or presumptuous presumptuous but never confident um so much so that he didn't have to put lines out he didn't have to overtly flirt you wanted you right and he told me so i we were talking about things and i was saying i was getting to know people he was like do what you gotta do i know you're gonna end up with me that's fine you know ah! and i was just like uh <laughs> whatever jay lewis <laughs> big jay lewis <laughs> but what ended up happening the way that he's really stacked my attention was we were sitting i was sitting in the av room because i did 
do but, what you want, but you go end that with me. Listen, confidence. Um, but we, I, I, we were sitting in. The, I was sitting in the AV room. I was doing the um, visual sides for the church service. And he came. It's a chair like this, an a regular office chair. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting in the chair. I'm smaller then. And he came and sat down in the chair next to me, in the one chair. And he's just talking to me, and I'm like, "Sir, what? Like, what? Are you, I'm working right now. You can't be doing this right, right now." And we're, but I'm not trying to be rude because I'm focusing or whatever. I'm like, "Whatever you do, what you got to do." And then he asks me. He's like, "Your hair is natural." So he starts asking me about my hair. My hair. I, I have natural hair. Or rather, I don't use heat in my hair. And um, he asked me, he said, oh, so you use things like no-sulfate shampoos in your hair. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? No-sulfate shampoo. No-sulfate. I tell everybody all the time. So he was like, yeah, you use no-sulfate shampoos. What do you use? Like, you know, you use your coconut oil, your jojoba oil. I was like, this is a man that knows about my hair? <laughs> At a time when being natural is something new, this man knows about my hair? He's interested in my hair? At a time where it's preferred that your hair is straight or you're made fun of for having natural. He's talking to me about my hair and he knows. Mm-hmm. He's not coming to me on no BS. He knows. And I was just like, what? And that Do you think attention. Darby's dad knew that you were just more mature than everyone else? I mean, he always said that or I was people mature. probably knew people that you could handle this relationship because even though he's five years older than you, no, yeah, that don't mean nothing. It doesn't mean anything <laughs> because mean mentally anything. you were five years older than what was going on. You're right. going through college, you're working, right? everything else. So you guys probably seem like peers. Right. And he thought, he didn't know how old I was. I'm like, how did you not know how old I was? He's like, I thought you were like 22. Like, For real. I but mean, we yeah. never talked, we never talked about, I guess, we never talked about my age. Because um, I wasn't trying to trap nobody with nothing. So we didn't really get to talking about my age, and he thought that I was older. And when he found out how old I was, he freaked out. <laughs> so you dated him when you were 18? I didn't start dating him until I was 19. Um, but you guys so were getting to know each other. We were other. getting to know each other um, over the summer before I turned 19. Um, and we would just talk for hours days on the phone or facetime or on the phone texting um in person we would talk about traumas and we would talk about values and expectations and experiences and goals for ourselves and we would talk about um things that we struggle with our insecurities and everything all before we dated wow that's good you know so we yeah. were just talking. Y'all built the foundation. Right. And so when it came time that I knew I was attracted to him and I knew that he was attracted to me and that potentially we wanted to move forward, we were just clearing out like, hey, have we laid everything on the table? Is this everything what it is? And yeah. And then he asked me out the, the end of the, my birthday month. What was the first date? The first date was to Planet Hollywood. Um, no. Y'all went all the way down to Florida? No, right here. Oh. We. Oh, I was like, <laughs> you went back to d- Orlando? Our first date was actually, we took a train ride down to Herald Square to the H&M because he needed some pants. And he was making me laugh the whole time because he's funny and his mom had taught him, if you can make a woman laugh, you're set. He ain't lying. Right. So he was making me laugh the whole time. And um, 
we were just hanging out together and he told me um when we were crossing the street i took his hand because the light was changing so mm-hmm. took his hand ran across the street and he was like oh this is a sign i guess and then i was helping him pick out clothes because he wanted help picking out clothes for some reason even though he's like if you've seen him he dresses very nicely yeah he does i don't know anything about fashion so i'm helping him pick i don't know anything about fashion i'm helping him pick out his stuff and um and then we took the train back and i remember he um he was feeling something and he wanted to kiss me. <laughs> Is it feeling something? He wanted to kiss me. And I'm not saying I didn't feel it either, but he made it clear that he wanted to kiss me. And I was like, no, that's inappropriate. What? You know, and he told me he was shocked because no female had ever done that to him before. Oh, he asked to kiss you and you said no. Right. So no female had ever done that to him before. And he um, he was shocked. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't realize that, that was something that could happen. Um. And it, he said that it was very attractive. Oh, that <laughs> hard to get. It wasn't a game. I, my mother's voice was coming out of the back of my head through the front of my face saying, no, that's not appropriate. Mm. Oh, because <laughs> he tried to kiss you on the train. Right. We were standing, oh, I was on the train. We train. were standing on the train. On the train. Tracks. Right. On the platform. And um, he was like, okay, cool. I respect it. And we went on as normal or whatever. And, um, Way to recover. That's a good recover for him. Yeah. He, he, but, I mean, we was holding hands and whatnot. And so he knew that it wasn't that I didn't like him. Just wrong place. Right. Wrong place, wrong time, wrong not right now. Are I, you I, not a PDA type of person? I am. Um, oh. I'm also shy, though. So there's a weird thing there. Um, I enjoy PDA, but I'm also very shy. So it's weird. Um, and kudos to him for navigating that all this time. <laughs> but um, for me, it was just like, we don't, yes, we've been speaking, but we don't know each other. Um, okay, I got we've it. We've been speaking. We've been talking. You're not dating me. Granted, dating doesn't have to be a prerequisite, but I'd like to get to know you more before we go anywhere with that. Such an old relationship that you guys have. Like, <laughs> I was like, man, it seems like 30-year-olds are dating right now. Listen. But I think it's important that when two people understand who they are, it happens fast. It you know? did happen fast. <laughs> when you know who you are and you know what you want and you already understand who you are as a person. Right. It probably seemed long to you guys, but it probably just like, you know, you know. Right. And the, and the thing is, after a month or so of, it's funny, is funny, but also it can be scary for a guy in that position. After a month or so of deeply talking, after the whole hits, misses, and highs, however, uh, after a month or so of deeply talking, I was like, I can see myself marrying you. And he was just like, yeah. I right. said that within a month of knowing each other? Of knowing each other, exactly. Not of... Not even dating. Not of not of speaking and saying hi and bye, of deep down traumas, insecurities, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. I was like, I, this could work. And he was like, I feel that too. I said, but we probably should wait a little longer. <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah. And we continued. But real talk, you would have married him within a month? I would have. Um, if I that. was, that would have been a great story. If I was of the age, had the resources, whatever. Um, but, but yeah, I felt that way about him. And so you dated him throughout me. your whole college career. Throughout since nineteen, so, yeah. Mm, basically, yeah. My freshman year, no. 
Um, it was my sophomore year on. And, um, yeah, we've been together since then. My mother was like, are you sure you want to get married? Are you sure you don't want to have another boyfriend? Because as far she as, said, I, as, far as I understand, as far as she understands, as far as I understand that she understands, she's never seen me oh, date anybody. Okay. She thinks this is so she thinks that this is my first boyfriend. So she's like, Alia, what are you doing? Walk us through Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Lewis meeting your mother. What's that he like? He did that in surprise. I had been thinking about introducing them. He came to my mother himself. He knew where I lived and stuff like that. Um, but he'd never come upstairs. I was actively avoiding my mother, like, because she's crazy. <laughs> but he took it upon himself to introduce himself to my mother, to ask for her permission to date me. Um, and then I was coming home from work, and he was sitting in my house. Well, I mean, he came, he was coming from the direction of my house. Normally, he comes from the opposite direction. And I was like, what are you doing? I was riding around the neighborhood you know, this bike at the time. And then I saw his stuff upstairs in my mother's house. I was like, you were in my house? He was like, yeah. Mom, I was looking at my mom nervous. She just didn't say nothing. She had the space like, I don't know what you're talking about. So that was that. Um, she probably respected that more that he did. came and did the traditional Caribbean way of like, can I take your daughter? Can I courtship your daughter? Right. And, and, and I did the same thing with his mother. His mother don't like people. But his she mother, likes you. She adores me. And I love her. What do you think about you is what she adores, the way you treat him? From what she tells me, it's just, I guess it's the way that I am, um, just in general. I'm a, I can be a very loving person. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can be a silly person. And she enjoys seeing people be their silly selves. Um, Can you hang out with her alone? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, we've and hung out lots of times. We've gone shopping. We've oh, she loves you. Loves laid you. out in the you know, I've laid out in. The, she's been on one side of the bed. I've been on the other side. We're doing hair, talking. She's she's amazing. Um, and I adore her. And she's she's another woman like my mother, single uh, parent, very strong woman, very strict, very tough woman but she has a lot of love and um so yeah well walk us through what's it like when the church finds out you guys are official what's oh my like? gosh everybody asking me questions because up until that point my business is private nobody knows nothing about alia well how did it get public they saw him and he they saw he and i together they, they saw him and i together um and everybody laughs and even he laughs because apparently the way that I look at him and the way that he looks at me is such that it ain't no question what's happening here. Ooh. <laughs> and this diddy is diddy. before we had started dating and everybody was like, that's your man? And I'm like, no. And he wasn't. But they all thought I was lying. So when it became official, they were like, we knew it. We knew it. And mm. I was just like, I guess. So then everybody was always around and excited and um asking us to do stuff like scripture readings together and no they didn't oh yeah no, i have a picture in my house that y'all not even married listen some woman Come on. i don't know her name Come this on. falls back on the fact that i don't know people in church i don't know this woman's name but she took a picture of us while we were doing scripture reading and sent it to john and and so now it's in our house framed um they would let people that are just dating get up there in the pulpit and read scriptures it's 
not people that are just dating. I've never seen that before, but they asked me and him. Lord. <laughs> so, <laughs> Lord, Lord, Lord. So that was that. Um, Sometimes in the church, they don't even acknowledge them. my brother. They don't even acknowledge people's fiancés. They'll just be not my brother. Uh, some church, my friend, I call him my brother. Right. He was dating a girl, and they're like, that's his little friend. That's my mother. My mother is They that. friends. My mother that's was that. That's his little girl. That's so, his friend. Alia like, and her friend are coming down to St. Croix. We've been dating for two, three years by this point. And then I remember I had to tell my grandfather that I was bringing a boy home. I thought, well, a man at this point. And my, my mother were go- and I were going back and forth on who's going to tell my grandfather. Because he's an old-fashioned man and I'm his one granddaughter. And... I am not supposed to be bringing no man home unless he's my husband. What was the speech <laughs> like? What did he say to you? Uh, I don't even remember. I feel like we had grandma tell him. My grandfather is a different breed of man. Um, so I feel like we had grandma tell him. And and then he called me. So let me understand correctly. You telling me that you bringing a boy to my house? Is is that what's, that's what's happening? And I'm like, yeah, Grandpa, I'm bringing somebody down, and Ma in the background. It's her friend. <laughs> what kind of friend you have that you bringing down to my house? Any friend you have could stay in 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 a a hotel. <laughs> but Grandpa is like, hmm, all right, and I bring him down, and I'm nervous. I'm so nervous because I ain't never I never introduced nobody to my family. I never brought anybody to my grandfather. So. Brought him down, and I warned Jay beforehand. And my grandfather, he don't talk much to people. He's a miserable man. A miserable He's man. He's a miserable man. He'll. One time I answered the phone too late, and he cussed me for an hour. <laughs> He's a miserable man. I love him to death. He's great. But I warned Jay, and we all warned him, Grandma, Mommy, me. We all warned him how Grandpa is. We get down there, and we're just chilling, chatting about the chickens in the yard and the, the rain coming down and they're just relaxing and Jay's like, I like your grandpa. He's chill. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> what? <laughs> and to this day, grandpa, you have John there? Tell him I say what's up? All that stuff. And um, I'm just like, what? Who is this Oh, man? his name is John. Yes, his name is Jay John. Jay is his nickname. Jay is his nickname. Is he a junior? He is a junior. Oh, the second? Yes. Well, no, the third. But John Lewis. John Lewis Always Jr. The third. John Lewis Jr. But he's his grandpa is John, his dad is John, he is John. John. So technically the third, but he's a junior. So I'm sitting there calling him his nickname. I don't know. Listen, <laughs> I'm it's fine. Call him his love name. Listen, <laughs> it's fine. So, he wants to be called Jay. He doesn't like to be called John. So your grandfather loves him. Everyone loves him and stuff like yeah. that. When does the pressure get on? Is the pressure seeking to him, or he doesn't feel the pressure to marry? In, Not pressure, but right. sometimes in the church, they're just like, what, what's happening now? Y'all been together for a while. So in the beginning of our talking, before he asked me out, we had had a conversation, I, and we remember it differently, but he had, I had essentially said five years. Is, oh, before you get married. Is Before we have to revisit a conversation. Um, five years before we have to have a conversation to determine what's going on. He took it as five years to marry me or else I'm out. Mm. Um, that's, that's not how what, I meant that's it. That's probably what you meant. That's not how I meant it. That's probably what he meant too. Right. That's not how I meant it though. But that's how he took it. And he was like, all right, you know, but he told me, he was like, by the way, any other guy who hears that would run. And I was just like, I mean, 
you want to run, run. <laughs> but, oh. but so he knew going into this that within five years, I expected something. I'm not going to be a girlfriend for 10 years, eight years, 20, no. You know, I have plans, I have expectations, none of them involve that. Um, and he was fine with that. And so I was surprised because I wasn't expecting it until the fifth year. Um, and in our third year of dating, moving into the fourth, he proposed. Walk us through this proposal. Was it romantic, <laughs> sweet? Like when you say propose, you got to like, you know, I like proposals. So what did he do? He is so Disclaimer, he's the romantic person in this relationship. Okay. I I try. I don't. He's he's really good at this. So I had a feeling something was going on because Darby, who at this point had been my best friend for 20 years, um, asked me to go out to dinner. Normally we do that, but she's like, let's just let it be the two of us. And I'm like, that never happens, but whatever. Then my mother asked me to go with her to get my nails done. I don't like to do my nails because nail polish comes off. Why the hell am I going to spend money to do my nails when the nail polish comes off? She's like, can I make you look nice? Can you look nice for once? Common stuff. So I was just like, fine. Um, but then I saw that, I don't know, he was extra affectionate. He's always been affectionate. Mm -hmm. But he was extra affectionate that week. I was like, what's going on? I was like, it could be, but then I didn't want to think that it would be. So I was like maybe he's celebrating the fact that I graduated or oh. whatever have you. Maybe it's a surprise thing. And so driving with Darby, Darby comes by. Um before we're driving, she comes by, we get ready at my house, which is normal. My mom is like, You're gonna wear that. She's always doing that. And then she has some story about she and my brother are going downtown. My brother don't hang out with people. <laughs> so I'm just like, what are y'all lying about? If it's a surprise graduation party, just tell me. Um Anyway, we go out, and I we go to this restaurant, and I walk in to the restaurant, and I picked out a dress that's cute for going out with my girlfriends, but not for people outside my girlfriends to see me. <laughs> that's why my mom was like, you're going to wear that. Um, but I thought I was going out with my girlfriend. Right. I walk into the restaurant, and I'm looking around, and I see people from church. And I see friends from high school. And I was like, okay, graduation party. And they start clapping. And I'm walking in, and I'm like, what? Okay, hi, guys. And I literally was like, hi, guys, how you doing? Um, and everybody was shouting at me, and I'm like, what? They're like, turn around. Turn around. I'm like, what? And I turn around, and he's on his knee in front of me. And I was, no, he, he wasn't on his knee yet. He was behind me, and I was like, hi, babe. And I gave him a big hug. I was like, how you doing? Happy to see you. And then he got down on his knee, and there's a picture of that moment. And I was just like, <gasps> and there's a picture of that moment, my mouth hanging open. He's on his knees. And I was just like, oh, snap. And it sucks because everybody was so excited. I could barely hear this man. So I had to tell, shh. You were telling you were shushing people at the engagement party. <laughs> like, I want to hear. There's some people over there, like, don't do it. Hecklers, like, laughing. People, just oh. random people. And um, so I hear him. He says my full name, which he doesn't do, you know. And I was just like, oh, snap, this is for real. Um, and I said yes after he had finished. Um, and I hugged him and all that stuff. And then I went around and greeted everybody and all that stuff. Super, 
super he had apparently had pulled it together that week wow um because he decided that's when he wanted to do it and it was for his mother's birthday so he was like here's your daughter-in-law for your birthday <laughs> she was happy too she was happy she was very happy so after we get engaged how long does it take to, for the wedding a year and three months so you plan that time how was the wedding good lit Jared who's, who's DJing um LB Productions. Uh, Does your husband dance? He's a dancer? He is. Oh. He is a dancer. So how much soca music was being played there? Almost everything was soca music. He's soca dancer too? Yes. And what island is he from again? Uh, Antigua and St. Lucia. Oh, so, oh, yeah, they get down out there. And, um, With no socks on and like listen, a type of shoes. I took off all my shoes. <laughs> um, everything came off. Um took off my shoes we were having a good time we invited a bunch of people from church a bunch of friends from work a bunch of family members we it was lit like a year later people were still talking about it um and how much fun they had and and how uh, we got to do it again in like do five it again. years run it back it was amazing because of the people that we had and the vibe that was there and the love that was present not just between us but everybody that came for us. Maybe people understood that you guys' love was genuine, you know? Yeah. That's Once what you know in two say. people when when lo- when the love is right, everyone's just excited, you know? Right. And it was it was lit, Jared. It was lit. What would you say to the people listening? What's the best part of marriage? I tell this to everybody. I am I hate when I say this, but I'm like, it's an extended sleepover with my best friend. Wow. Like an extended sleepover with, with my, my best, best friend. friend. You should put that in a Hallmark cards. Right? I think it's great. But we, I come home and I get to laugh and talk and watch movies and play games. And, you know, we get to be silly or we get to just lay around and there's no pressure to be anything other than who I am. Um, Good God from heaven. Right? Yeah, you got to put that in a book right there. I know people going to cry listening to that. <laughs> Good DDD. And as you've heard, my life has been being who I'm needed to be. This is know? the first time. This is the first time. Where you're not awkward. I don't. I'm not awkward. I mean, even in my awkwardness, it's, what he it's loves. endearing, you know. And so I get to be me. I get to be goofy. I get to be silly. I get to, like... We had lemon-eating contests before we started dating. We were throwing water at each other around the house. You know, just being silly and getting to be ourselves. And I get to do that every day. Who's the... Are you the overprotective one or is he the overprotective? He is the over... He's he's protective. Because Caribbean people are very, like, they're very... Not emotional, they're very protective. Right. I, I He says that I am territorial, and he establishes He's himself as a protective individual. And that's um, what you enjoy? I do. Um, I do enjoy it. He... I'm not used to it. Like, I'm used... It's been him for six years, but I'm not used to it in that before him... I was walking down the street in the middle of the street. You no know? one had your back before. Well, and more so because either. I need to be in the middle of the street in case somebody tried to kidnap me. <laughs> oh, okay. But like before, so things that I did, thinking only of myself and being with myself, mm. 
now they have to shift because I'm with someone who wants to protect me and take care of me. And so I had to get used to doors being opened. I had to get used to, and it's like, but I can open the door. You're taking, you're walking around the car. We could be out the car and in the restaurant by now. And I had to get used to accepting help. I still don't like to accept. It's hard for me to ask, to rely on someone. It's not relying, though, is it? It's he's being a gentleman. Right, but I'm saying, like, asking for help. It's hard for me to rely on someone to say, gotcha. hey, can you take this over? And I have to get used to asking for help. Um, I have to get used to being a more effective communicator instead of, like, repressing things. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm growing, and that, I think, is the other favorite part of being married is I get to grow with my best friend. Um. What is the most challenging part about marriage? The growing. <laughs> oh, okay. The growing. Um, I think when I'm used to being me and doing for me to let somebody in and, you know, um, I guess trust them with me. Why the hell would I trust somebody with me? I'm me. Why would I trust anybody else with me? So trusting someone with me, with my person, with my feelings is challenging for me. Um, Learning how to accept help, like I've said, learning how to communicate more effectively because I'm conflict avoidant. And so when things happen, I'll let you talk and I won't tell you how I'm feeling, but you'll know something's wrong. And it's not because I'm doing something different, like spiteful, but you can sense that something's wrong. And so working through my conflict avoidance to be able to communicate has been my particular challenge and he's patient thank god right you know um and so yeah just just learning and growing has been the challenging part and for me just yeah thinking about there being another person here um but yeah that's that's really been it so we get married. We get married, and then you get your first big adult job. What's that like? So I had my first big adult job before. Well, you've been working, working, but this right, you but get this a, work, is, a, a job in your career field. So that was before I got married. Mm, um, okay. I was working long-term subbing for the DOE, spending six months, eight months as a teacher um, for one group of children. But being here now, like my first salary-paying job, I guess you could say, um, it's been fun, I guess, is a That's way good. to describe it. It's been fun. It's been interesting. I've been learning. There's still so much that I don't know or understand, um, like regarding adult things like insurance and whatnot. <laughs> I just, I don't, like I had to fill out the health insurance thing the other day and I just don't understand that. But. Like good thing you got him though. Right. And he'll say, hey, try this. Try. But I call my mom. I'm like, mom. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll sit there and be like, Ali, it's common sense. I'm like, well, you didn't teach it to me, so let's go. Come right, on. Right, right. <laughs> um, but it's been interesting. I've been learning how to manage and balance my time. So I try not to take work home. Um, other than that, not much has really, really, really changed. I mean, when I started working here, it was a bunch of transitions happening at once. So he's never been with me married without me being gone during the day, mm-hmm. you know, except for COVID. 
but COVID was probably a good thing for you guys. We got to spend a lot of time together. We got to learn more. Um, we got to get on each other's nerves more and like grow from those experiences, which I feel like it's important. And because I avoid that actively, we might not have hit that growth spurt there if, if we weren't, if it weren't for COVID. Um, and and yeah, so do you feel pressure from the church to for to have babies? Jared from a week after the wedding. Not even a week after the wedding. So when you bring in baby, <laughs> when you gonna have baby do I see a little something? Do so, I see a little something? So at this point, right? At least at this point, I just tell people, No, I'm just getting fat. Lord and then they're just like <gasps> Lord have mercy. I didn't mean to and I'm like, No. You have to understand, people gain weight, and it's okay. That's like the worst thing in the Caribbean, you gain weight. Oh, my gosh. So so since the beginning, it's been like, when are you bringing a baby? When are you bringing a baby? And I'm like, initially, before we got married, I wanted to start right away. Really? Um, because I, want, I had planned out my life, and thus far, my life has gone according to my plans. Mm-hmm. And my plans entailed three children before I was like 33, you know, so that I, because my mother had me and my brother before she was 30, Mm -hmm. which resulted in her being 45 and able to take me to Jamaica and go to concerts and have a good time and us be together and enjoy each other instead of her raising me, raising a little child at being an older woman. So I wanted that experience to be able to travel with my children, you know, when I'm older, but still young. Um, and enjoy life with them as well. Right. Um, so that was my plan. And then I got married. And then I was like, hell no, this is nice. I like just enjoying coming. Him. Right. Right. I like just coming home and being with you. Imagine if I had to take care of a, and I called my mom the other day. I was like, I don't know how you did it, but I'm not doing it. So <laughs> no grandkids for a little while. Because I thought when I was younger that, by this age, I'm an adult. And I am an adult. Right. But I'm not an adult. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't take on a little human right now. Right. That's I'm enjoying my husband. I'm enjoying my my little kitten. And You're that's in your honeymoon phase still. That's what people say, but it's been six years, so But I mean marriage honeymoon's different. You've been married two years? It's gonna be two years in June. Two we years. We just made a year and, and change. But I don't know. I feel like I can leave when I want because it's not as though he's sitting here saying, oh, you can't leave. If I say, hey, I'm going out for the next three weekends, but I'll be here obviously weeknights. All right. See you later. If I say I want to pick up and go to Jamaica in December. Okay. You know. You guys are best friends. Right. So if I had a kid. Oh, yeah. I can't do that. You could. He just had to watch the kids. And that's not right. It's a shared responsibility. Our grandma can watch the kids. Hell no. And Nana will have that. Hell no. Grandparents always change when they got kids. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. His mother has grandkids. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. My mother, I don't see her as a grandma. I told her that the other day, too. She's like, what do you mean? It's like, you're not a grandmother. You're you're a meanie. (laughs) Walk us through, as you start your business... Where did you fall in love with crocheting? As a child, um, my after-school program, one of the program leaders, she was teaching us. She had stitched the letters of our names, mm-hmm. and I wanted to learn how. 
and I was about maybe 10, 9, and I learned. I didn't have the materials, the right materials, but I made a dress. A full dress? Um, yes. Um, and I was so excited, but then I still needed the materials, so I, I put it aside for a little bit when I got into high school, and then when I entered college, one of my friends had a baby and I needed a hat and stuff and so I started it again and then I put it down for a bit because I started I was finishing my bachelor's entering into my master's and then I did little projects here and there and then COVID kicked in and then all of a sudden I was learning all sorts of new things business started booming listen so I've I've been having fun. It's been therapeutic for me. So even last year in like meetings at work, I would be making stuff just because it's calming. And um, I enjoy relaxing and I enjoy being able to just let go of everything and just work. What's the typical wait time or to finish? Well, like give me the, the wait time for a dress. What would that be like? I haven't done that since I was young. So I would have to learn a new pattern. I imagine it could be simple, but especially with work and everything now, I'm thinking like two weeks or so. It's all handmade too, though. Right. Um, I would have to learn new patterns for that, though. And I, w I always do a prototype before I make anything that I would sell, you know. Um, and so it's it's challenging to figure that out. Um, scarves now, can be done easy. Yeah. I got one. I got a black one. <laughs> you do. Now we get to you now. Okay. Get to you now in life. What's the relationship with like your father right now to this day? Um, He still hasn't called me for my birthday, so I'm not talking to him. <laughs> Does he text you randomly? No. Um, he. I've come to accept that he wasn't supposed to be a dad. Well, you got a lot of other brothers. So, what have you unblocked them yet? Have you reached out? Have they reached out to you? Have no. you guys? Um, I've spoken to my older brother, my oldest brother, but I haven't spoken to anybody else because there's been no confirmation on anybody else. Okay, um, what's our relationship with mom? You and mom have sort of become friends now. I call her every day. Um, if I don't talk to her every day, I feel weird. And isn't it ironic how the relationship changes now? It does, and, and everybody look told each me other that. As peers, not peers, but just like. That's my little homie a little bit. Right. That's my mama. I miss her. If I don't call her, I feel weird. Um, was it like that before? Did you used to call her every day? I called her every day, but that was because I had to. <laughs> and now you're calling her every day. Right. Because you want to. Right. Um, and so I, I enjoy that. She's still not a hugger? Still not a hugger. Oh, my goodness. I hadn't seen her in months. And I came to see yeah, her. Yeah, you couldn't when you posted that thing. And then I came to see her. I tried to hug her. And she was like, why are you hugging me? And I was just like, I haven't seen you in months. What do you mean? And she was like, ew, why? No. And she gave me like a little awkward pat. And she's like, okay, get off. Um, But she loves me. And I've accepted this. My brother's the same way. He doesn't. If I get a hug, it's a special occasion. Um, What did it mean to your brother for him to walk you down the aisle? Has he ever talked he about that excited. moment? He was excited. He was so happy. He he felt honored. He I sh I gave him a little card to say, "Hey, why don't you um you know, how do you feel about this?" And he was so happy. There's pictures uh he felt a little awkward. He wasn't sure 
he was doing it right, like walking and stuff. Um, but he looked so happy. He smiled, and my brother doesn't like to smile, and he smiled so big. How was him and uh, Mr. Lewis's relationship? They're fine. Um, is it I like a little brother relationship or sort more of like peers? It's more like peers. They'll Homies. be cool. They respect each other. They're not friends. They respect each other to a certain point, or rather, there's a respect there, an understanding. Um, that he knows my sister's in good hands. Right. And I think the difficult part for Jay is that my brother's still growing up and he's still doing stupid things. Oh, he's still a boy. He's still a baby. And Jay's like, you, you, Jay's not about the foolishness. So in that aspect, it's kind of just like, all right, that's your brother. We, we gonna handle it. I don't have a problem with him, but he better not do anything stupid. <laughs> and that's where that is. All right, we reached the part of the Hilltop questions. These are the Hilltop questions. You can answer it however you'd like to. Cool. It could be short form, long form, wherever you do. Okay. Question number one, do you believe in God? Yes. Who's your favorite person in the Bible? I would say... I would say... Hmm, that's a good question. Maybe... Jail. She was a woman who... When she found an enemy, um, an enemy because her country was at war, when she found an enemy in her midst, she drove a tent stake through his head. She was like, fuck this shit. (laughs) She was like, I'm going to handle mine. And and I appreciate that because you don't get many stories about that. Okay, question number two. Uh, uh, What's your favorite verse in the Bible? Um... When I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? I don't remember if it's Psalm 23, 27 or Psalm 56, but I love that. When was the last time you had a nightmare? Last week. What was that about? <sighs> Recounting survivor stories of rape. You were recounting survivors. Mm-hmm. Survivors group. You're in a survivors group. No, I was in the dream in a survivors group. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your biggest fear? Falling. I have a fear of falling. <laughs> Not heights. Falling. When was the last time you had a panic attack? Six months ago. What was that about? Conflict avoidance. Mm. <laughs> That's a theme here. Yeah. Do you believe in soulmates? It depends on how you define it. Um, You're defining it. But then, yes. And this is a serious question. Okay. I'm going to ask you, who are you? The goal is to go beyond yourself. Okay. So if you ask me who are you, I'm going to say Jared Waters, who are you? I'll say two-time wrestling champ, who are you? Stand-up comic, and the goal is to go beyond who Alia is. Okay. And whenever you stop, who are you? Alia Nichelle Trim-Lewis. Who are you? A teacher. Who are you? A lover. Who are you? A silly girl. Who are you? A dreamer. Who are you? A best friend. Who are you? A caring person. Who are you? A smart person. Who are you? A powerful person. Who are you? An intimidated person. Who are you? A growing person. Who are you? Someone who is afraid and yet unafraid. Who are you? 
A Christian. Who are you? A daughter. Who are you? A sister. Who are you? A kind-hearted, vicious, horrible person. <laughs> when it's all said and done and someone has the Alia Trim Lewis book, what would you like them to say about you? Um, she was what? She made me feel seen. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, my name is Jared Waters, our wonderful guest, Alia Trim. How can the people find you, madam? Don't find me. I'll find you. <laughs> Peace out. Hey, you're live on the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, I, said, I just want to say, man, you the GOAT, man. And you the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. You gotta break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. And then I said, and I said, uh, uh-uh, and I'm be the next Jamar neighbors. Yeah. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters. And I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.